Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers podcast on the road as we have the NBA trade deadline extravaganza live, live on the road with the guys starting to my left. That would be Kyle Newbeck, uh, far left Kyle Newbeck to my direct left. That would be Rich Hoffman stepping in as we have our four man team. And to my right, Derek Bodner. I'm Devon Givens, Bree producing. And we are so glad to be with you from the chicken or the egg in Marlton, New Jersey here, hanging out with you as we have a two-hour show from two to four. The trade deadline is done in about an hour, just about an hour, a little under an hour now, and activity all around the association already underway, including with your Philadelphia 76ers, so we have a lot to get into. I'm not going to spoil it by throwing the names out there already that have been moved, that have been traded. I'm going to go to my guys and get get your thoughts. We're going to have everybody in the chat, of course, throw your thoughts in there, throw those super chats in there, throw (laughs) everything in there as we hang out with you for two throw hours. Throw a second-round pick in there, maybe, so they can make another trade. Yeah. Dal Morey might need it. If you have the money, give Dal Morey some money so you can get the second-round pick and make some other things happen. We'll, you'll see us eat wings, see our hands get dirty here on the table, <laughs> drink some soda, some water, nose running from all the hot sauce, everything happening here at the Chicken or the Egg. Let's start to the far left with Kyle Newbeck. Kyle, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, just a whole lot of nonsense over the last, not even 24 hours, more like the last 12 or so hours. Buddy Heald was up until minutes ago the big headline of the day. Uh, I think Patrick Beverly probably caught us all by surprise, right? Like I, I don't think that I think was. Buddy Heald is still probably the headliner. Still the headliner, but I think it's offset by trading a guy who has quickly become a fan favorite in Philadelphia for good reason. You know, Pat fit in with Philadelphia sports culture really well. But on top of that. After a tough, you know, first two, three weeks, maybe month or so of the season, I thought he was pretty damn good. Like, it added a lot more to this team than I thought he would when he came in. So we'll get into, I guess, the, the I don't want to say the politics behind it, but the reasoning behind why Pat Bev might be gone. But for now, as we wait to see if maybe they get an Andre Drummond or a backup big, I think it's important that even if they didn't get Buddy specifically, they need to add volume shooting to this team, right? Like they have, they are falling behind the league at large in, in terms of how many threes they're getting up. And while Buddy has his limitations, I think getting him for a few second round picks is 
very fair price when you look at how the market has shaken out. And I think he will help them not just immediately, but also be a good fit playing off of Joel Embiid when he gets back. So I, that, before we get to Pat, thumbs up on the, the buddy trade for sure. Yeah, I think there's no question that was a good trade. It might not be enough. We can debate that sort of over the next few days. But I think that was an area of need that they desperately needed. And I think if there's one thing that it's it's tough to overvalue, especially around Joel Embiid, especially around Joel Max, or especially around Tyrese Maxey, but even just in the NBA at large, it's volume shooting and gravity. And Buddy Heald, for all of his warts, and I'm sure we'll get into that in the next couple days, he is a volume three-point shooter with real legitimate gravity. And they've just had none of that on the team the last couple of days, really for the whole season, but especially with, uh, you know, with Melton out, with Batum out, uh, with Joel out to not create gravity anymore. They needed any kind of floor spacing they can get because Tyrese Maxey was driving into a crowded paint every chance he got. I think he's the kind of player who can help them win games now, who can help Tyrese Maxey be a more effective version of himself, and who can play off of Joel Embiid when he comes back. And again, are there concerns? Yes. Do I want to give him his next contract? I don't know. We'll see how he plays. But we're talking about three second-round picks, so I think it's a pretty easy win in that regard. I mean, I think in a lot of ways the uh, the strategy behind it is more interesting than the actual compensation and the player. But let's start with that. What, what do you guys think? Three second-round picks? Is that a fair price for Buddy Heald? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were going to be at the center on the price, you would look at what the Knicks gave up today to get Bogdanovich mm-hmm. and Burks. The distinction there is that the Sixers didn't have uh, Quentin Grimes that they were just throwing in the deal to make that happen, right? Like, Quentin Grimes is a valuable rotation guy or at least, like, an interesting young piece that might grow into a valuable rotation guy. And I think that might be one of the lessons coming out of this deadline for the league at large, right, is, like, picks are – first-round picks are not being traded unless they're being traded for – Stars or even you know sub stars like let's say a, a DeRozan type player if he were we can talk about him as far as the Sixers go but like that type of player maybe you move first for but all these other guys like Buddy I had heard as recently as let's say like seven o'clock seven thirty last night Indiana was hoping to get a first for him and the Sixers are like no way we're not moving a first for mm-hmm. potentially like a few months of Buddy healed so second round picks continue to be more and more more important in trade talks and three seconds essentially like god bless marcus morris and, and riva derchi to Furkan korkmaz <laughs> finally got his he uh, was in our chat last his night. wish but really yeah. it's it's just a trade that's three seconds for buddy and i think that's it's about as fair a value as you could probably get on, on deadline day. but as you talk about the compensation there was already a lot of pushback from sixer fans wondering why do you have to give up three though for buddy healed he's a role player yes he does provide a distinct service with that outside shooting and that spacing for both Embiid, maxi and everyone else out there on the floor but why three uh when you when you're talking about how important these second round picks seem to be for as you mentioned the knicks with the package that they did and, and some of the other moves that we've already seen where second round picks seem to be going for better players if you will from the standpoint of at least from the vision in the eyes of sixer fans so that's the question that you're already going to nothing is perfect as we know especially when you see the other moves that are going around you're going to be ticked off if your team doesn't get them especially when you look at the price that he was gotten for that's where again some of that question is going to come in so that's where the pushback has already been but uh, for me uh, 
I, I have no problem with it because they need the shooting. They haven't had this type of shooting in a long time. We were clinging to certainly what Maxie was doing because that's real. But also looking at Robert Covington coming in and saying, okay, at least they have a guy, number one, we know defensively, but he can stretch the floor. Missing DeAnthony Melton. You guys have been talking about it, and Rich, you've been tweeting about it, about how the, the team has shot very poorly in the last week or so from beyond oh, three point we're, we're on to two three the up to almost a month at this point really without that, the, the shooting. More than that three-point yeah. rate on the season. I right. bet you it's in the mid-20s. So, well, you, so you look at that. He he does what they need. And the price is what the price is. But a lot of people asked, are they going to stand still? Are they going to sit on their hands with Embiid now out unquestioned about when he's going to come back? Well, you got your answer. They're, they're active and they're doing stuff. And they went out there and they got something that they desperately needed with that shooting to help out. I mean, yeah, like the past couple of weeks has been – it's reached crisis levels. If you, if you had to guess, where are they in three-point attempt rate? So percentage of their for field the goals – yeah, For the season Yeah, for the season. Percentage of their field goals coming from three. I guess 20, bottom five. Oh, like where do they rank or – 27, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Is that their rank or is yep. that the percentage? That's their rank. Oh, okay. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not lower. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, like, as we know, it's fine when Joel Embiid is taking, you know, a billion mid range shots. Yeah. Mid range jumpers a game and making seven of them and getting fouled on five of them as well because he's so good at that. That is fine. And I think, honestly, watching this team over the past week, I know that DeAnthony's been hurt. I know that Cove is out. I know Marcus Morris has been out. I know Tyrese and Tobias have been sick for for a couple weeks god i mean i he's not gonna win the mvp but man to drag this crew to <laughs> oh, a it's top cr- it's five crazy. offense for most of the year i know it was kind of built around his strengths in some way but man like to to soak up that amount of usage and really drag them to that level it's crazy and you know as i i wrote last night in the uh in the newsletter like when most teams go small out of desperation they do a couple things. They, they get rid of, you know, like the rebounding, the rim protection, but they add usually, like this is normally how it works, <laughs> they add spacing, they yeah. add shooting, and they try to play the variance game, right? Yeah. Like once in a while, okay, maybe we make 42% of our threes and you just can't beat us because it's hard for that to happen. The Sixers have the worst of both worlds <laughs> where they get smaller and then they get like less gravity outside. Yeah, they put Jaden Springer on the floor and can't hit a shot. Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And that's the bummer because I have really enjoyed watching Jaden Springer defend over these past couple weeks. But even him, like, he's not an NBA offensive player at this point right now. We have to be honest about that. Like, he can't play in a playoff series right now. Now, do I enjoy watching him completely harass Steph Curry? It's really impressive. I've been, he's been a lot of fun to watch. But he's also part of the reason that you can't get enough threes up. And uh, I tweeted out, um, over the past 10 games, the Sixers have 14 less made threes than the second worst team in the league. That's yeah. the Wizards. They're 14 less. Guys, this is, I mean, what we have seen over the past three games, they have no chance to compete. The math just does not work. And that's not really anybody's fault. I know, like... You know, the chat, Kelly Oubre has been a a touchy subject, and he ends up taking a lot of these shots. It's not just him, though. You know, it's it's the whole team. But they they have a lot of guys who are on minimum contracts who just are not equipped to create good offense and are not really shooters either. So the idea of adding Buddy Heald, who, look, is not going to fix everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But he will never find a situation where he's going to fix more stuff because the guy gets up 10 threes per 36, and he makes, like, 
37 to 40 percent of them. And that's going to be a huge thing. You can run him off screens. He'll hunt threes in transition. So look, he will not fix everything. But, you know, the guys you get for that price are, are typically, you know, kind of three and D players that don't always work out. You know, I'm thinking of the Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks trade a couple oh, years where ago they for took the Sixers. The, uh, the covered wagon they took the on Oregon the Oregon Trail, trail to, to get here. To get to Philadelphia. <laughs> but I'm also thinking of like Jay Crowder for the Bucks last year. I think that was a four second yeah. round pick type of trade. And it just doesn't always work. And this team does not need one of those players. This team needs somebody that can just take a bunch of threes and like does not need a bunch of space and really can do it on his own. And Buddy is that guy for better or worse. And so I, I pulled it up because I, I wrote about Buddy not just today, but in the past that all PHLY coming into the season since 2017 Buddy Heald has taken the most threes of any player in the NBA more than Steph Curry more than James Harden more than Dame Lillard more than Donovan Mitchell he's taken this was coming into the season and he's taken I believe it's seven threes a game and only 25 minutes a night after this he has taken 1,557 threes since 2017 <laughs> coming into the year, and he hit them at over 40%. So whatever you want to say about his limitations, you know, as a creator, guy with the ball in his hands, we can get into his defense and, and the weaknesses he has there. This is a guy that will get shots up, and he does not need, like, this isn't a Tobias, oh, I'm going to overthink it, ball mm -hmm. comes my way. Ball's going to hit his hands. Good mechanics, fast mechanics, fluid mechanics. Unload, Rise man. up, shoot, move on to the next possession. So they have always, always, always needed guys like this around Joel Embiid. They will continue to need guys like this around Joel Embiid. You got him at what I think is probably close to market rate. Like, if you just look at some of the other deals today, uh, the P.J. Washington deal, for example. In that trade, now there's some... Maybe you're moving off of Grant Williams, and that's some of the price for Dallas. But they traded Grant Williams, who's a pretty good rotation player, at least mm -hmm. decent rotation guy, a future lightly protected 2027, and I'm blanking on the other smaller piece that was in that deal, for P.J. Washington, Seth who is P.J. And Seth Curry, who's mm -hmm. been struggling over the last couple of years, hasn't been able to stay healthy either. So P.J. Washington is decent, right? Like, I think he'll be a decent fit in, in Dallas, but... When he is garnering that sort of return, I don't know. I think three seconds for Buddy feels about right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But Buddy can't do anything else but shoot. But this team needs shooting worse yeah. than any team I think I've ever seen. And I think they need it both in the interim while Joel is out. And we can talk about the strategy because I think this kind of this middle path that the Sixers are taking yeah. is almost more interesting than Buddy Hield himself. But I think he does in theory. Like, look, I don't know if that's the right move, but in theory, he might be able to help you middle that where he can, you know, provide this team without Embiid, just volume shooting and just say, Buddy, bombs away. But when Joel comes Thank back, you. which we assume is going to happen because I don't think you make this trade uh, if you don't at least think he's coming back at some point. He can run some of that two-man stuff with Joe, of right? Course, he can yeah. run some of that J.J. Redick stuff. So I understand if you are going to spend three second-round picks for a role player, even though this guy is very limited and kind of fits into one specific role, that this is the guy you target. I get yeah. it. All right. Well, before we uh, get to more moves, of course, with the Sixers and the rest of the NBA, uh, we want to tell you about if you want to get a chance to see the new-look 76ers as early as tomorrow, hosting Atlanta in South Philadelphia. you got to go to our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports 
sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. We got our team here. We're going to go theater, see a theater show. Kyle, have you decided on our show? What theater show we're going to we'll, see? We'll, we'll figure we'll it figure out when, that, that, when right. that time arrives. All right, yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I already, I already have my dibs on a concert in the summer, but I'm oh, going to game time. Make sure right. I get that with the killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Flash deals on last minute tickets. Images of the seat views. You don't want to be obstructed. I don't want to be sitting there and Rich is looking past this, this whole stanchion trying to see around it and see what's going on. No. You want to be able to see the seating that you have as you walk into the place. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. And again, easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. Game Time is the place for those last minute deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on your tickets right up to the day of the event. So tomorrow, you, I don't, maybe they're not on the floor, but if they are on the floor, they're able to suit up passing their physical last minute. All right, let's go down there on a Friday night and check out the new look team. Get exclusive flash deals on the tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app on your phone. Create an account like I have and use code PHLY for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Devon was so excited to tell you about Game Time you that he first. skipped me in the ad read <laughs> order, you son of a gun. Hey. I was excited. He was very excited about <laughs> game time, and I'm almost as excited as I am about our partners at Bagels & Co., because Bagels & Co. offers huge Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philadelphia. I would normally say right here in Philadelphia, but we're in Marlton, New Jersey, so slightly, a little bit removed from Philadelphia from the time mm -hmm. being. Guys, I eat bagels several days a week, and Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 types of bagels that rotate seasonally. They have they had a Christmas-themed bagel when we did our Reading Terminal Market show. I'm excited to hear what they're cooking up next. There is actually a Bagels & Co. I found out going in close to where I live, so I'm excited to that. be able to walk on over there, pick some up myself. If you're a cream cheese guy, and bring like us I some am, bagels. Uh, you can bring us some bagels. We'll see about that. Right. I don't, okay. If you skip me in the every order again, I don't know if I, I'm going <laughs> to do that. Kyle's not nice enough to bring us bagels. Because they also <laughs> offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate throughout the year. It's worth mentioning as well, Bagels & Co. do themed cream cheeses for all the local sports teams, including the Sixers. We might have to do like an honorary Pat Bev cream cheese, see if he's got a, a flavor he'd like to get in there on his way out, pay tribute to him in some way. And guys, as important as that, Variety is the affordability. Bagels & Co. keeps their prices down as we combat inflation because they want you to be an everyday customer, not just someone who comes in for a weekend splurge. They even offer premium coffee at a superior price to most national brands and chains. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philadelphia, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. All right, and as Kyle said, we're on the road. We're in Marlton, New Jersey at the Chicken or the Egg. Great place, a fantastic place. When I first walked in and I saw our team, but I looked at everything around, so many televisions, the bar right in front of us, the dining area to our right and to the left outside. Uh, hopefully we can come back here when the when the weather gets really good out there because uh, it's really it's cool really outside. really big and cool-looking yes, space. We've got, got some good wings. Yes, we got a wrap here on the at, side. Look at the wings right here. we got the honey barbecue, the, the regular 
of wings. We're going to try the, what were they? What, what, the, what, the ludicrous, ludicrous, yeah, ludicrous yeah. wings later Apparently on. Apparently we're going to film show. a video of uh, To be oh, fair, when you say that we challenge. are, we there are. is no way Including in hell No way. Nope. Yeah, yeah, and we might, hey, if the people here out here, they're still here, they might try it with us. But again, I need to see some Bodner as a coward hashtags <laughs> yes. in the chat today. I'm not chat. denying that. I'm fine with that. Get them, everybody. But they're also having for the big game on Sunday. Philadelphia is not in it. It's going to be Kansas City, San Francisco. But they're having a big party here Sunday, February 11th, beginning at 5 p.m. Live DJ, uh, some swag giveaways, drink specials, uh, the place you can cater, a pickup order here as well for your party at home. But you got to come out and, again, check them out. The chicken or the egg, the Super Bowl party is what they're calling it. Sunday, February 11th, starting at 5 p.m. And uh, Pat Bev may not be here because he's not going to be in town. But you might be. I would say he's definitely not going to no, be there. You might skip it. You might take the long trail. Like Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. Take the Glenn Robinson path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But come on out. Again, the chicken or the egg Sunday, 5 p.m. as they begin their Super Bowl party. Great food, great drinks, great atmosphere. Come on out and hang out here at the chicken or the egg. All right. Got to get into a little bit more. Before we move on to the next deal, you were talking about what it means in terms of going forward with the Buddy Hill piece uh, because of the J.J. Reddick kind of offense you can run with the two-man game, some of the other stuff with Tyrese Maxey. We really didn't mention him and how it, it fits him as well. So what, what were you looking at when you, when you talk about what other things as we talk about the gravity and all that stuff with him? What were you looking at when it turned about uh, right now and, of course, for the future when and be if and when and be does come back? Well, I, I, and I'd like to get your guys take on this right like we've we've kind of been over what the fit is with buddy and i think it's pretty simple we'll, we'll see if it works to what degree it works i think it'll certainly help like you, you just they have not played nba offense over the yeah. past week. No. It's, been, no. it's been a really rough watch um but what i am interested about is kind of the the path that daryl Morey took here where you know you have a team right now that i, I get that they're banged up and really sick they stink, man. They are bad. Like, somebody said process level bad. I, like I don't know that I would go quite that far, but a few more games of it, and I'm probably right in that boat with you guys. So the fact that we're even discussing process level bad, though, you have a team that, if Joel is back this year, has a goal, and that is to just tread water as much as possible. And I think, for me, you know, initially I was like, all right, can they stay in that top six? Yeah. For me, I have lowered the bar because of these past <laughs> three games. I know it's a little bit prisoner of the moment, but guess what? When you watch that slop, I, uh, I think I do have to change it a little bit. I think it turns into, can you stay in the top eight and get a chance at that first play in game? As well, the, uh, I, I think certainly they can. And stay in the top six, like, I think I looked at it today. They need to go about 14 and 16 over the last 30 games. You get Batum back. You get Melton back. You throw in um, 14 and 16. That's a lot. Uh, look, it's a lot. It's not going to be easy. But you get those three players back into the rotation. I think they have a chance. Not a great chance. But I think going 14 and 16 pretty much locks you in the top six. Uh, and I think it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. So... Uh, that's just all a preface to say, you know, because I, I know Kyle talked about this the other night, you know, and I think some fans probably wonder this, too. Is it worth buying with this team? Mm -hmm. Right. And and I truthfully don't know the right answer, but I think the counter argument is, all right, even if you get Joel back, you know, he comes back in late March, early April. And it's like, how, is he 100 percent? Like, is he ready to go? Yeah. And how far do you fall? Is it worth it? to try and take a swing this year. Um, and that's kind of the counter argument, right? Could you have 
moved off of some of these expiring contracts, you know, the Tobiases, maybe the the Meltons, you know, people like that. I, I think that is generally the counter-argument and pe what people wonder, because maybe if you do that, maybe you add, you know, a few more picks. As Kyle said, first-round picks are not being swapped here, but you add more ammo to go into the offseason. This offseason, the Daryl Morey seems to think cap space is going to be a big deal for him. Yeah, either cap space or the five first-round picks that they'll have to trade. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I do think, like I wrote earlier today, my gut was he was going to try to make smaller moves, keeping as many, if not all, of the first-round picks and the cap space. And I think that's how it's going to ultimately play out. And the question becomes, all right, did they add enough where they can keep a top six and get him beat back and give him a chance? I think there's a chance. I think it's a reasonable split-the-difference kind of move, but there's risk either way. The risk is that they don't keep a top six and B doesn't come back healthy, and nobody requests a trade or is available in a free agency that's really worth all of this hassle. There's risk on both sides for sure. It's not a slam dunk either way, but in terms of splitting the difference, trying to improve your team just enough now while also keeping the assets, because the summer is always when the Sixers had a bigger chance to get some... Because I just feel like Daryl views the assets they have, the trade assets they have, and a cap flexibility as his last chance to get a long-term significant piece around a beat of Maxi. So to trade that away for like, you know, a not a Bogdanovich, like a, a Atlanta Bogdanovich or something like that, it just didn't feel like he was going to give up multiple first-round picks to do that. I think this is a pretty reasonable split of the difference, but there is still risk. Yeah, and, sure. and look to that point, Derek, on Bogdanovich, reported yesterday, they were calling on guys like that, right? Yeah. Like they, they called on Bogdanovich, and they, according to Woj, I, I was not as privy on the Detroit stuff as he was, or on many other things for that matter. But he reported late last night that talks had broken down between the Sixers and the Pistons for basically what the New Knicks York. ended up trading for. Yeah. It was a version of that trade. They didn't have a Quentin Grimes. They couldn't make the deal. So they are sniffing around there. They were certainly looking into Atlanta Bogdanovich, but the message that's been sent there from Atlanta is, look, we have him under contract until 25-26 and have a team option on him for 26-27 that's for like $16 million. I would find it hard to believe Bogdan Bogdanovich is not going to be worth $16 million to a team in 26-27. Yeah. Like that's going to be a good deal under basically any version of the future salary cap. And then they're also talking to a team like Portland, seeing, hey, what is Malcolm Brogdon going for? And that, to me, was one of the more interesting ones, right? If we're talking about the cap space plan and all the potential permutations of, of what can happen there, Brogdon was someone who would have compromised this year's cap space, but you're then essentially rolling it over to the next year. It's like, okay, after after next season, you would add, what is it, 22, 23 million coming off of the books and probably a stronger free agent class, all that. Instead, they decided to, hey, we're not going to give up first or multiple firsts as the, the key here. Like, that's what Portland yeah. wanted. That's what Atlanta wanted. And the Sixers are not willing to overpay for role players. Like, you can kill Daryl Morey and say he's a star hunter and you can still make upgrades on that. I can understand that logic. But then you have to be willing to say, okay, well, then I would have traded multiple firsts for a guy because right. if you're not, you're not getting anybody beyond the tier we're talking about. 
Alex Caruso. The Bulls didn't want to trade him. They're asking for multiple, multiple first-round picks. So you can't, you can't, yeah, it's a stupid, the Bogdanovich trade that Detroit made, actually, I said on Twitter, great example of why the Bulls should be selling Caruso now for whatever the top of the market is. Because Caruso next offseason, or next trade deadline, he could go for, I don't know, four or five seconds, and that's it, where you could probably get a real first and maybe a young player for him right now. You should sign on the dotted line and get it done. So Buddy Heald represents a, a rational middle ground yep. in there, helps you real time. And to the point you were, the initial point we're talking about here with fit with Maxi, all that, the way I phrased it in what I wrote today was that this essentially gives you that DHO movement shooting off of Joel for 48 entire minutes. Now, Joe's not going to play 48 minutes, not even in the playoffs, but Maxi's on the floor. You got that. Plus, you got the pick and roll. Plus, you got everything else. Maxi has to sit and you play. Could be campaign. I think it's going to be Kyle Lowry eventually in that backup guard spot. You still have Buddy Heald to come in off the bench as that DHO movement shooter, two-man game guy with Joel. So the thing that has given Joel success for basically his entire career with JJ and Seth and Tyrese you now have that in a bench guy on top of having that with your second best player. So I think offensively, it's gangbusters. Well, as, as you guys are talking about all of that, I'm looking at the chat, and Daryl Morey is getting destroyed already, right? Yes. Of course, because you see, and we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks, if you don't see your team making the moves that the other teams are making with names that you've talked about and you've wanted, your general manager, who already doesn't have a very good hit rate here in terms of how much he's liked here in Philadelphia, he's going to get destroyed. And, and right now, he's getting destroyed. But number one, the trade deadline is not over yet. We still have about 30 minutes. Uh, you've already mentioned Kyle Lowry. We've talked about Andre Drummond potentially. Who knows what else could still I mean, be out there for him. there's 30 minutes left, but let's be real. Like, there's no star walking through that yeah, door. They're not making no, a no, big no. deal at this point. No, no, but again, and that's why I brought it up, because he is getting destroyed in here, but you guys talked about it. He's not going to give up a first-round pick. You guys both said last night that that was something that you did not think he was going to do today, was give out a first-round pick. But instead, he got a player that fits everything that you guys just laid out with the shooting and all and talking about how, how poorly they've shot over, over time and how often have, over the last three seasons, have Sixer fans talked about they need to go get Buddy Heald. They got Buddy Heald now. And now it's not good enough because Buddy Heald came for the price of three picks and uh, Bogdanovich was moved to New York. We can get into all that later about how good New York has been. People are been. just mad, just, really, about you, you them not gotten. being as good as they want them to be. Yeah, and sure. that's, all, that's, that's always fair. When you see how good the Knicks have been yeah. and the Knicks are also upgrading on top of that, I mean, Cleveland's had all kinds of injuries and they've been able to put together like a 15-1 and one stretch with Garland out, with Mobley but out. But that's with their current players. That's not by making well, moves. I, but the, what I'm saying is those teams being good is more important than the Sixers not making major upgrades because I think, rightfully so, there are a lot of Sixers fans that feel pressure from that, right? Like, mm -hmm. the Celtics are assumed, like, they're the sure. number one team, yeah, right? Like, they, right. everyone's gunning for them and the Celtics made a, a marginal upgrade getting Tillman yesterday. That's all well and good. And Sixers fans early in the season see, hey, Milwaukee's vulnerable. They had a shitty coach before. They replaced him with Doc Rivers, who we all know what sure. the, the city's thoughts are on him. Right. And he has lived up to that reputation so far. 
are. And so they're looking at the top teams, at least one of the top teams, as vulnerable. But then as the Sixers have gone in their downspell, their downturn, we have seen other teams rise, and that's frustrating. So for I understand the feeling in the fan base right now, right? Like they don't want to see the Knicks, the Cavs, whoever it is, pass them. And right now they're doing more as the Sixers are in a they're stuck in a hard spot, admittedly. But I get it. I get that but feeling. I'm not saying that it's right there. They're in a hard spot because their franchise player is not playing right now. The Knicks, and we can say the Cavs for right now, at least Donovan Mitchell, he's playing right now. So that's the difference. And before that, the Sixers were in front of both of those teams. Yes, New York and Cleveland were both playing well. And I'm not here to defend Daryl Morey. I'm just simply talking about what we're getting here in the chat about destroying him for the one move that he has made uh, as far as bringing in a a new player in Buddy Heal. That's that's the funny part, the dynamic of it all. It's always interesting because, look, we've been talking about, hey, why? Watch out for New York and Cleveland for a while when Joel Embiid was on the floor. We've even gone as far as saying maybe they don't have to make those big moves. The move like they made today of getting Buddy Heal to add around that Joel it. was healthy, Joel people was would healthy. feel exactly. fantastic right. right now, I think. Yeah, and the Bogdanovich part, we've talked about him and not even the Alec Burks piece, but both Bogdanovich. I'm sure, sure that would have been nice. Sure it would have been nice. And you do see the Knicks doing that, and they've gotten significantly better with the things that they've done. It's always funny to watch the reaction, though, uh, of the of the local fan base when those things happen. So let me, because I think I don't think anyone's really upset about the price they paid for Buddy. It's I, I disagree, but that's what I'm saying. I have I have not seen people have, upset about I it. I have at seen all. people upset. Yes, well, that's, I have seen that's people nuts. upset. If you like three seconds yeah, for Buddy, it's not too silly hot. Shit, but yeah. I think most people are upset that they didn't get anyone of more prominence, that they didn't make a bigger splash. Who on the market traded today was it? Certainly before today, in the months leading up, there were bigger names. But like of what they had to do today, I don't know any of the moves would have truly satisfied most of the people who are upset. Well, well maybe it, the Bogdanovich piece because number one, he went to a, they went to a rival team, and it, it's been discussed here, at least in the Sixers circles where the see, fan base and all. I think some people might prefer that. I don't think they'd be satisfied. Well, and I also think, too, like, I think the reason people are frustrated with Daryl is, Derek, like you said, he has not made the move of prominence. But that has been this entire season, right? Their offseason was one of the least satisfying offseasons I can ever remember. I think people sometimes forget about that because the first 40 games are pretty yeah. cool here, right? Like, yeah. and, and they basically said, we are keeping our, our powder dry for next year. And it was described to me by somebody um, kind of close to the Sixers, like, this might be a take our medicine type of season after we deal James at that time. And look, so what do they do in the offseason? season. They signed Kelly Oubre eventually. They signed Pat Bev right away. They signed Bamba. It was a one-year deal for all of those guys, right? That was the only reason those guys were here. And, you know, for a while, they were able to have their cake and and eat it too, right? They could, um, you know, they they could still win games while also keeping that flexibility. But that is what we have seen at this deadline too. Yes, three seconds is 
some sort of price, but he has kept his powder dry to the point, like you said, Derek. Yeah, Daryl doesn't care about seconds. He'll get those back some other way. He'll yeah. manufacture he got, seconds. I mean, he got one back to in the point, Pep Dev deal. He told you right from the jump, I'm either trading James for a star or assets I can flip for a star. So the fact that he didn't go out and get Bojan Bogdanovic shouldn't really surprise anyone. He's told you the plan right from the jump. You might disagree with it. You might have thought maybe their, their start in the first half of the season would change his approach, but he's been very clear right from the jump that this is how they were going to approach it. And, I, w- I want to point something out real quick because I think there is a fair bit of criticism to offer depending on something happening in the next 25 minutes or not. They have no wings on this roster. They have... I, I wouldn't even really count Batum as a wing. I consider him, he's a forward. Like, he's a strict four, maybe small ball five. And then they have Kelly Oubre. Beyond that, they don't have real wings on this roster. Buddy Heald is like 6'4". That is, that is not a guy a shooting who's going to defend oh, right. sure. the Tatums, the Jalen Browns, all that. De'Anthony Melton, as much as I like him, is a guard who sometimes masquerades as a wing defender and I think is under-equipped to defend the type of wings that you see in the playoffs. So if you want to criticize Daryl for something, like regardless of what you thought about Marcus Morris, I, I don't know what they're going to get out of Cove the rest of the year. He also is sort of in that Batum group of he's a four. Like, you're playing Cove as a four. He's not sizing down and guarding threes and and true wing-type players anymore. That would worry me in in a playoff context. So not getting, like, whatever you think, D-House was not really one. Marcus Morris not really one. They don't have any real wing depth at this point 100%. to the point that you are reliant on Kelly Oubre. And I know people think we pick on Kelly, but it's a real problem that he is going to be as prominent as he is. Buddy coming in offsets that a little bit, like some of the shots that previously are going to Kelly now go to Buddy, and that's a big, big upgrade for, you know, swing passes but or just like Kelly direct spacing. you need to pay spacing. attention on defense Yes, <laughs> and frankly, you need Buddy to pay attention on defense yeah. much more than he ever has. So that's... That would be, for me, like, to get through the next, you know, month, six weeks, whatever it is, they probably need another big, right? Like, Drummond is still a possibility, maybe. They're probably going to need to add somebody regardless, maybe on the buyout market. Coach Lowell Rickett says, Ricky Council is a wing. Go get him, Rick. Go get him. James Turner can play wing minutes. You legitimately might have to play Ricky Council real minutes over the next month or so. Kyle, what are we going to do without our Marcus Morris moments of the night now? (laughs) I am so happy. What are we going to substitute that with, man? We need need (laughs) (laughs) Pat Bev gone, so we can't even make up something for Pat Beverly. Kelly Oubre. The Kelly Oubre head scratcher of the night. All right, there we go. We got the Kelly Oubre head scratcher (laughs) of the night as we broadcast live from the Chicken or the Egg in Marlton, New Jersey. Kyle Newbeck, Rich Hoffman, Derek Bodner, I'm Devon Gibbons with you. We're hanging out with you until 4 o'clock, and we're about now 22 minutes away from the trade deadline being over. And remember, folks, sometimes when we get to 3 o'clock, that doesn't mean that the trade deadline is actually completed because they have to still send in the paperwork. The NBA has to look it over, and it may get announced a little bit later. But that being said, Derek, I'll start with asking you. We'll get to Pat Bev in a second. What else... We talked about the wings, Andre Drummond, all that, but is the, what else should, would, would you like to see happen over the next 20 minutes? Well, so Kyle mentioned it. They still need a backup big. They still need wings because they don't have very many who can defend those, the perimeter. 
and they still need dribbly decision makers. So that's not great. Like a lot of the players, I don't really trust. Like it'll help when you get Melton back. It'll help when you get Batum back. At least Heald will simplify your decision making because of the spacing. But they don't have a lot of initiators. They don't have a lot of players who you really want uh, making decisions like that. I do worry a little bit about Kyle Lowry sort of like it just being a foregone conclusion because I'm not sure he necessarily fits all that much. Like if we're talking about uh, a Patrick Beverly for Kyle Lowry swap, essentially, which I think is what we're talking about here, I'm not sure how much Kyle Lowry has left in the table tank. Uh, certainly defensively, I think he's going to be a step down. Better as an off-ball shooter, better as maybe an off-ball cutter. Worst jokes. Yeah, yeah. But no not as good of a podcaster. Either, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe <laughs> you can develop it. Who knows? We'll see. It's honestly not that tough. They've got the four of us sitting Worst here to tweets. prove it. But More Philly guy, though. So made up for losing Marcus. <laughs> well, that Pepe, one. For a, that's a, a guy good, from Chicago yeah. is, is a pretty good fact. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's ultimately going to be a backup big and Kyle Lowry is where we're going. Well, you, you can't get wings. Like, you can't get good wings now. I without mean, paying. we can get some good wings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right here on the table. And yes. Without paying an exorbitant price, right? Like, I no. mentioned You're certainly the, not getting one on the buyout market. <laughs> I mentioned the Glenn Robinson trade a couple years ago. Like, remember, Derek, your, your funniest thing was when Glenn Robinson was like, I don't know my role on this team. <laughs> you defend that. and run the floor and shoot. What do you mean? <laughs> Bro, they're not calling, like, yeah. 15 pick and rolls for you, man. That's not going to happen. But also, like, Jay Crowder last year with Milwaukee, he was a disappointment. You're getting kind of very limited 3 and D types, probably, who are lacking in one of the other two. So, you know, it's – and that's been Daryl Morey's thing. So, like, I'm not defending his, uh, his strategy here because it's very much a wait-and-see thing. He is putting a lot of eggs – basically all of his eggs, into the cap space, into the off-season basket, yeah. and saying, I can build a better team if I am just patient through this year. But that's what he's doing right now. He's not committing really any of his major resources to this. So I agree with you, Derek. I think it's going to be a big man. And it, it seems like, what do you think, Drummond and Lowry seem like the, so likely to? Derek brought up Lowry and that it seems like a foregone conclusion. This is This is just me talking. I think everything we see here indicates it is a foregone yeah. conclusion. Like they, the way things have unfolded this afternoon, the Pat Bev component screams to I think all of us. Pat learned Lowry is likely to come here. Pat probably went to the front office or, or somebody with the team, maybe Nick Nurse, and was like, "I want to continue to play. Like I want to have a role." Yeah. And. Lowry showing up would represent a big step back for him. The chat is saying that Pat addressed this on his on the Pat Bev show. I have obviously I, we are I sitting did see here. I see a quote from Pat Bev that Daryl told him he wasn't going to right. get traded. We are sitting here, so uh -oh. we haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. But apparently that is the so thing. The, That's the indication was after the Denver game or around the Denver game. Pat went to Daryl and asked if he's going to be traded, and Daryl told him no, and. There is a to what I'm laying out here. It is very possible that that was said and that was true, and then Pat went to. Again, it doesn't have to be Daryl. Pat talked with someone in the organization and said, "Well, I want to continue to have a bigger role," and was no longer available to him. And Pat probably said, "This is just speculation, just to be clear." Pat probably said, "I would like to go somewhere where I can." So he will dress it up in his way. Yeah. The organization will spin it in their way. And the truth is probably somewhere in between. But I don't love the the Papev trade in a vacuum. I think he's been as I said before, he's been better than expected. I think 
I pretty much dropped the idea of, oh, they need a, uh, a backup point guard about a month and a half, two months into the season because yep. I think Pat was good enough on his own that you didn't have to worry about Tyus Jones or, you know, players of that nature. But I still don't like it. Like, I, if you're just talking about guy I would want as a culture guy, as a tone setter, someone who in this stretch without Joel, I think, frankly, that they need. They need some ass kickers in that locker room. I don't know who that is at this point. And yeah. I just, I frankly trust Pat Bev more than I trust Kyle Lowry at this stage of his career. That's a key distinction. I like Kyle Lowry's career a lot, just not right now. And campaign. I trust Pat Bev more. Definitely more than campaign. Lowry, at least, you know, he's... I trust his decision-making and his shooting. I trust yeah, his yeah. brain. I just don't trust his feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, does it basically all still catch up with each other? Does everything align uh, with each other? And it's funny because I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. We talked about the Tyus Jones thing for so long, and then you gave it up. And it was a big reason why. It was just simply not because of what you were hearing, number one, about what they may or not want Washington. Yeah, the price was, is pretty high. Right. But it was also because, guess what? Patrick Beverly is playing pretty well, and he's doing really good out there on the floor. He's holding guys accountable. It wasn't just the stuff that he was doing on the floor. It was also the locker room, the respect, the, respect, uh, the encouragement that we even talk about with Tyrese Maxey and his elevation into an all-star in year number four. And right now you use you lose some of that physical toughness, number one, the mental toughness. Say what you want about Marcus Marsh. You talked about being a wing. It's also a physical guy on the floor uh, as well. And, and where where is that right now? Could that be Kyle Lowry? Of course. He's had that reputation in, uh, during his career. Uh, but we haven't seen him play well uh, all, all season, really, with the Miami Heat. And then he goes to Charlotte sitting out, uh, waiting potentially for a buyout here and coming here to Philadelphia as an option. But no doubt, uh, no doubt that you do lose something with Patrick Beverly. He became a fan favorite, yeah, as, as you guys have talked about. So many people here in the chat are ticked off that he is no longer going to be. And I think he was great to watch And play. he's going to Milwaukee so, I, now. I really enjoyed watching him play. Like, you much, know he's going to play for Doc. Yeah. That, that's an absolute certainty. Is, I think is he old enough to play point. for Doc? <laughs> Definitely. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I think most the of the reaction part. right here is that fans just fell in love with him. Which yeah. I, I get. Like, I, I fell in love with him, too. He made me laugh, but he's also, he was like a really smart player, man. Yes. And he stepped up, obviously. And I remember. you can relate to, this, to the jump hooks in the lane, totally. man. Sure. The jump <laughs> the hooks footwork, in the lane. The, the reverse pivot. The McDermott to the Pacers, by the but way. But if we're being honest about championship equity. Another wing. Not a needle, not a needle mover. No, no. Not a needle mover. I, and that's the thing. I feel with the, the Papev move. Like, you're talking about, at this point, if Melton comes back, you're talking about a fourth guard. So it's not like 
the biggest deal in your franchise. To so to get a second round pick for him is actually I think like decent value. And you're also, you know, I don't know how much this matters, but you're also doing right by him. Somebody who was a good soldier all year, and then you say, you know what, you're probably not going to be part of the playoff rotation. Hey, can you move me? I, I understand it from that standpoint, but I get it. Like I really enjoyed watching him play. Like really smart basketball player when they were shorthanded too. We will always have that Boston Friday night game where <laughs> oh. he was cooking and almost dragged them. The what, what about the Nuggets game? game? The Lakers game was Look. great too where they, yeah. obviously the whole team played well that night, but he caught the Holy Ghost from three and just went <laughs> off. Like I, Pat had some really awesome performances here. Was obviously a memorable character in the short time he was here. And look, I, I remember not that long ago when he was with the Lakers, he was driving Lakers fans crazy. It was like the if you just look at how they treated him versus how Philadelphia treated him, I feel like that reflects well on Philadelphia that Pat Bev came here and was embraced sure. right away. And the Lakers fans are like, oh, poo-pooing like his contributions to the team. I Mickey, Mickey Durbin said here in the chat he had real heart. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I also think that goes to show, too, that it's a lot easier to play with Joel Embiid at this stage of his career than 40-year-old LeBron and right. Anthony Davis as right. well. Because you're right, Kyle. Like, the Lakers people absolutely hated him. We had none of that. He was a joy to watch yes. the entire year. I, universal approval in Philadelphia, I think, for Pat. And and look, I, I've kind of used the, the term you get what you pay for with a, a one-year contract. And yeah, Pat was not really swinging those games where they were shorthanded, but I think they got more out of him than they probably expected. So yeah. so that's pretty cool. Um, and I will also always laugh at, at the end of the Utah game last week, he skies in for the rebound. No DeJounte Murray trade, according to Woj, by, by the way. way put. Marcus Morris is also going to the Spurs in that McDermott deal, according to Woj. <laughs> Sorry, a lot of, whole lot of, lot, yeah, lot sorry of about that. But no, Pat Bev skying for the rebound in Utah, tossing the ball into the air and sprinting off the court right of the way, <laughs> right, right away. What a send off for that guy. I just appreciated the fact Love that Pat he Bev. tried to rebound too. Like yeah. among the many problems they've had recently, these guys do not have good rebounders on the roster. Yeah. And Derek and I joked about it basically every time we'd show up to the arena for the first half of the game. Be like, Pat can't jump over a phone book. He's like limited in terms of his size and wingspan and all that. And he's battling with guys. Like there was a play against Dallas the other night against Josh Green, who Josh Green's got several inches on him, can jump all that he's like pretty built as well and pat just fucking stole his lunch money on a rebound and that attitude is what has made him a good nba role player for so long so any any pushback i offer is not because i'm down on pat bev or i don't understand why people like pat bev he is like the type of role player people want to root for not just as a player but as a person wanted to get involved in the community and all that like he was awesome here and i just think that he probably saw the writing on the wall and i would say my guess is kyle lowry will be here in the coming weeks yeah. to your point he's out there fighting for rebounds and mo bamba's relying on <laughs> magnets don't don't remind me about mo bamba as a rebounder just, the magnet just, just standing there hoping the ball will magically come to him <laughs> oh man that's that's too funny so again we're about 10 minutes away from the uh the uh, deadline being complete in the nba pat bev moves on to milwaukee campaign comes back in the deal to philadelphia Kyle Lowry looks to be a potential candidate. 
looks like the candidate, but a potential candidate because it's not down right now. And of course, Buddy Hill coming to Philadelphia for Marcus Mars, senior for Con Korkmaz, and uh, a couple of picks. And now Marcus Mars has moved to San Antonio for a separate deal with Doug McDermott. And it appears that the Spurs are also going to buy out Marcus Mars, senior. So a Marcus Mars moment uh, to be determined in another city. We don't know what city that, that is going to be in, uh, but Can that's where it's going to be. And real fast. I'm very happy I don't have to pretend that his defense wasn't an abject disaster. Oh, I'm very happy I don't have to pretend. You never pretended. Anymore. You just brought his hater I stopped hat talking today. about it. At least oh. everybody in the chat got mad. Disaster. Yeah, Marcus Morris moment, disaster. man. Uh, yeah, uh, in, in the yeah, meantime, yeah. look, I wanted to ask this too because the Kyle Lowry thing looks like it's inevitable. But if it's not, let's just say it's not. Well, then they got some bad intel. <laughs> I'm just, just saying it's not. Campaign is the backup point Do guard. Do they have take backs on the Pat Bev deal <laughs> if that happens or what? Uh, Campaign is the is the backup point guard. It doesn't really do a lot for a lot of people. No, not for me either. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Uh, so they, they better be right about the Kyle Lowry thing. Yeah. Cardinal Doherty's Kyle Lowry. Um, I, you know, I, I think that makes sense, though, right? Like, mm -hmm. he, guys already won a championship. Guys already made a ton of money in his career. He certainly lives in Philadelphia in the offseason, loves being from here. I'm sure there is some element of him that says, why don't I play for the Sixers? That, that might be the last thing I have to do in check, my career. Just, just if you get the career resume, you just want to check off that final box. Totally. Or, I can live in my house. I can, you know, I, I don't have to move in the offseason or anything like that. Why don't we, why don't we check that off before I, uh, I hang him up for a career? I'll say this, too, about Lowry, if, if it happens. He makes more sense to me as the backup point guard in a Joel Embiid lineup where Maxie's on the bench yeah. than Pat, just because the three-point volume is better. He's just yeah. a better, more reliable, more willing shooter than Pat Bev is. And there are definitely issues with relying on a guy in his late 30s to be a, uh, a real contributor on a team that wants to do damage in the playoffs. But I think if you just say, Kyle, you're a catch-and-shoot guy waiting off of Joel at the yeah. elbow. I think that's a perfectly well, fine role for him. Catch and shoot, occasionally tackle, close out, occasionally make a slot cut when it's available, make good decisions. That's what you want. The problem is he can't really defend anymore because of his lateral quickness. And over the next six weeks, you need somebody to actually run offense when Tyrese is on the bench. It's got to be either him or a campaign now. I don't really want either of them, so it's going to be tough. See, see, I think when Maxi is on the bench, it's pretty clear that you play Kyle Lowry and Buddy Heald together with Joel, and you say, "Bomb away!" <laughs> and, and you say, "All right, we're going to run the Seth Curry offense, the JJ Redick offense, where Joel's getting the ball at the elbow, and he's playing off the, the really great shooter. Kyle, you stand in the opposite slot, opposite wing, opposite corner, and if you get a three, go ahead and take it, dude." Lowry, Buddy, Batum, and just slot anybody else in there, and just say, "You guys are just going to bomb away." Yeah, that, I, that's all you do. I think that that makes sense. Like, I think that'll get back if. If that is, in fact, what happens here and Joel gets back to 90% of what, what he was, I, I think heading into the playoffs, you feel okay about that unit going into the playoffs. And, th and the reason you feel okay about it is because Joel Embiid is awesome at basketball. Yeah. And all he needs is just a few players that can shoot it, that can pass it a little bit. And I think that would uh, that would satisfy the criteria there. And look, we, we talk about this all the time, right? But end of the day, the only thing that really matters, trade deadline, all this stuff, what does Joel Embiid look like when mid-April 
late April, early May, mid-May kick in. Because if you get full go, Joel Embiid, if you get upwards of 90% Joel Embiid, you have a puncher's chance against basically anybody in the East. I'd still say the Celtics continue to be a prohibitive favorite, but I would take the Sixers against most other teams they go up against with him and the remaining roster and Tyrese Maxey playing off of him. If you get compromised Embiid, this is all deck chairs on the Titanic. They have no chance. They don't have the horses. They don't have the depth. They don't have the third guy that can rise up. Like that would be. I think that's another reason fans are upset. Tobias is still here. Like there's definitely uh, an argument for him remaining here. It's the exact same thing they feel about me being on this show. But Tobias They're is still, still here. here, and. They look back through a lot of these playoff failures. I mean, game six, perfect example, against Boston last year. Dwight Harris had two points in that game. That's all that tweet going on. Devon brings that up about once a show. Uh, the box like, score. I always go back to that You just pull up the box score. He had two points in a, in a game six Kyle, where you could have sent the Celtics five shots. And that, but that's what we always talk about, right? Five. So three in the first quarter. If you wanted to make an argument that they should have traded for – Detroit Bogdanovich and say they bring in him and Alec Burks and I don't know whoever else. It would be that if Bojan Bogdanovich was on this team he would have taken more than five shots no doubt in that about game. It. Now he might have given up more points on the other end. I am not high on Detroit now New York Bogdanovich as a defender in a playoff setting but if you want to just have the Sixers die in another way I, I would have understood it. So <laughs> Tobias still being here is some of the frustration for a lot of uh, a lot of Sixers fans, and I get it. Like he is a a polarizing player for me and for a lot of other people, and looks like he's going to ride off into the sunset with them for this season. No question, and then wind up in Detroit with some big money, some big money next year uh, for the Detroit Pistons. So we're five minutes away now from the end of the trade deadline, 3 p.m. trade deadline in the NBA. A lot of moves happening out there. Spencer Dinwiddie traded earlier to the Toronto Raptors from Brooklyn with Dennis Smith. Uh, coming back to Brooklyn was Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young. Looks like Spencer Dinwiddie is now going to be bought out by the Toronto Raptors, and he's going to have an opportunity to find another home. Who knows where that may be? Uh, you're chuckling. I know our buddy Vince Pellegrini. He would not want Spencer Dinwiddie here in Philadelphia, and neither would I. That is one I agree with Vince on. That is... Uh, Didn't shitty. Right. That's basically guard Kelly Oubre today. That's very similar. He's always one where you look at him, you go like, oh, he's talented, he's got some moves. No, once you watch him, never so Him and Daryl might bond over crypto, though, so I don't know. That, talk about true. some NFTs oh, he is and Bitcoin. Is contract still I don't know if it's this one is in uh, crypto, but he definitely had a con. Oh, oh wow. James Springer. James Springer the Celtics? Whoa, Whoa that's for a second round pick. What? Wow. Wow. So you're going to sense Sorry, I take back. Moore's a fraud. Oh, man. Fire Daryl. Oh, that is a. That's. Oh, my oh, God. We got, we got the reaction from the, the people here sitting here with us. I just us heard a oh, my at God the in the background. Oh, man. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Jane Springer gone to the Boston Celtics for a second round pick. So I guess there was some young talent in there that he could have been traded. Well, I mean, like that's... Quentin Grimes to Detroit. I, well, maybe not so, but, man. Uh, but he's going to – so the one thing that we talked about, Boston's Guys, not going to look for him to be the offensive If they're not getting a player guy. back, they have three open roster spots. 
Well, and say I mean, what you want. He was somewhat of a wing. Honestly, I think that probably means they're that, looking for a center in the buyout along with Kyle Lowry because that's four more million dollars they can spend, and that's four more million dollars off the books for next year. That's, so they have that's a, a salary cap deal, right? Yeah. yeah, for next year. That's wild. Man. I mean, to be honest, so like Rich and I spent a lot of time last spring talking about him. We didn't believe in Jaden at the time. <clears throat> I still so don't 100%, 100% believe in No, all the way but there. I believe in the defense. Really and I would have liked to have seen him around for another year plus just to see if you can teach him, like, hey, stop driving into three people and throwing up a prayer and B, learn to shoot because the rest of it is legitimate. Uh, that one. A little disappointing. Can can someone teach him how to jump off one foot? Like I'm not even talking about dunks. I think too. it's too late for yeah. him. Yeah, that's, I that's, think that's if they could, he would have. It yeah. is. That's done. It is painful to watch him try and load up when when really like he could just if he could jump off one foot he could get all the way to the basket. Look, he is a. Uh, I, I'm not sure he is a two-way player in the playoffs, but I agree with you. I have really not sure. I'm not. I'm, I think I'm pretty, pretty sure. sure yeah. Yeah. He's, but he's a valuable one-way guy at the very least, and uh, one way in a in a area that they frankly they don't have good defensive players. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they just don't. I mean, moving there on the floor with uh, Derek White, Drew Holiday. Well, I'm not guarding him. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Derek White and Drew Holiday are having a tough time scoring because I'm putting Joel Embiid on him. I'm the I'm defensive saying, side of things. Uh, Oh, oh sure, yeah. sure. And, and his on-ball defense. I mean, honestly, it's so funny that the Sixers have had these one-way defenders. He is the complete opposite of Matisse Thybul. Matisse Thybul is passing lanes, yeah. sneaking behind you, getting the blocks in the uh, in the corner, and kind of you know sneaking and, and maybe from behind trying to get a block, fouling three-point shooters. Like Jane Springer is just. I am gonna get up and guard you. You are not gonna get by me. I'm gonna move my feet. I am strong as hell. Um, I think that's a, an interesting trade. And it goes to show that Daryl Morey is really putting a lot. <laughs> He's inevitably going to turn into a reliable three-point shooter yeah. for the Celtics and torture the Sixers for the next you know, Honestly, however many and years. Rich brings up a good point. He's so different than Matisse, and I value what he brings more than Matisse sure. on defense. That ability to just blow up the screen, to really stop a guy. Bruce Brown staying in Toronto, apparently. To really to stop Woj. a guy off the dribble, to to not get beat, to not compromise your defense, and to defend a wide range of players. That's a shame. He was really showing a lot defensively over the last two weeks. Well, and, th and that's my thing, too. He's not a two-way playoff player right now, but could you develop it at some point? And it's clear at the Sixers said, uh-uh. Yeah, I listen, I, this is just now further building on that point of they don't have wings. <laughs> who are they going to defend? Go get real, it, Rick. Who are they going to defend real wings with? Serious question. Yeah. They have nobody. They have no options there. Anthony Melton has already like he's your best choice. They're gonna and rely he on already Tobias. Struggles. They're gonna rely on Tobias Harris to do that because he's good fucking luck. Let, let's let's because of and I'm not saying like look I'm saying because of Staples size plays in, in the, the playoffs, playoffs you're probably in trouble anyway. You're definitely in trouble. So no, like, nobody's guarding. I, him. I'm not. I don't want to overstate it and be like oh they traded him and now they're screwed because of that. But it's a symptom of a much bigger problem. You can't go into the playoffs saying you know what Kelly Oubre is gonna. Oh, Kelly Oubre is going to be our guy to defend wing players. No. Or Nick Batum has to defend the best player on the other teams. Yeah. Nick Batum as an option, as someone who can switch assignments and play in a switch scheme the way he did with fucking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George <laughs> and actually very good defenders in L.A., perfect. When he is like the, the guy, guy there, yep. that is a huge problem. So huge according to problem. Keith Pompey, 
the Sixers, the 2024 second round pick the Sixers will get from the Celtics, is the more favorable out of Chicago or New Orleans? So, maybe. so probably Chicago, yeah. if I had to like guess. the 45th pick in the draft, yeah. something like that. It's, it's not great. It's not an overwhelming return. And we have crossed the uh, the 3 p.m. threshold. Yes. The Bulls are keeping Andre Drummond, according oh, to Chris no. Haynes. Oh. Well, any chance he gets bought out? They want to remain competitive, so maybe not. Wow. I, I couldn't tell you at this very moment. I, I would just simply say that... All these moves feel like moves in need of another move, right? Like, it's okay to recoup assets in a vacuum. It's okay to have Buddy just be your only real acquisition trade-wise. But there's a whole lot of dot connecting that needs to be done. And they're going to have to wait for these buyout guys. So, like, Derek, you were talking about, what was the number you said, 14 and 16? To, yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. hover in that like six seed territory, I think you're talking about 0 and 4 leading They're into the All-Star game. They're going to give up 130 game. points per 100 over the next couple of weeks. The, the, they have no the, chance. Up until the break, <laughs> I would doing? just pencil in maybe the Wizards game. You could argue they could win. Otherwise, you could say one and three or 0 and four, and then you're talking about they got to go above 500 the rest of the way out of the All-Star break when they got to go out west and play Phoenix, the Clippers, yeah, the yeah. Lakers, like. This is not going to be easy to stay out of the play-in with how they're currently well, constructed. Well, and here's the thing that gets me. If you wanted to trade him for cap space so you have a little more flexibility Why in the summer, healed? I'm not sure you couldn't have done that in the summer. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't understand why you're acquiring Heald and doing the, the cap space dump at the same time. Like, it just, it feels like a very complicated, I we're mean, buying, we're selling. I, Josh Harris, 7 mil under the luxury tax. Good to go. Well, that's another element of this. That uh, The bull RJ says Springer about to lock Maxi up. And, and, oh, and, 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 Can you imagine the postseason? What if they make the playoffs as the eight seed play in, play Boston around one, right. and Springer just puts right. Maxi in jail? We need to, we need to <laughs> put the clamps on him. <laughs> Jada Springer is not sniffing the floor. I, 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 it's I fun, agree. man. It's, it's fun right now to, to say that. But, but. but look, they're a good organization, and I think them seeing him as a buy low candidate, maybe somebody they can develop, maybe they can extend him for kind of that Peyton Pritchard type salary. He's Avery Bradley, man. More money. They're going to need to do that because they're going to be a really expensive team in a couple years. So, yeah. I, look, I am not. I, I don't completely understand what the Sixers are doing. Warriors trading Corey Joseph, it, it looks like, to the Pacers. So the Pacers, very busy, very busy uh, this over the past couple of weeks here with the Pascal Siakam move, of course, today with the Sixers, trading Buddy Hill to Philadelphia. Corey Joseph now going to the uh, Indiana Pacers uh, as well as part of so we'll see if things keep coming down trade deadline is officially over but of course things can still happen past the deadline as the paperwork they have to run through all the stuff in new york to make sure everything is complete so let's kind of recap what happened with the sixers we're broadcasting live on the They're road just shaking his head over there <laughs> at the chicken and the egg in marlton new jersey about Josh Harris great wings here food great crowd Josh here at the bar a that's, a lot, that's a lot of fuel for the television that's a lot of fuel television you got to spend it on the commanders man televisions and all of that is here so uh, we, we're going to be here for the next hour. We hope that you can come hang out with us. You're just getting off work. You want to stop by, say hello, get some food. While we're here, Derek Bodner, 
Kyle Newbeck, and of course, Rich Hoffman in here. I'm Devon Givens, Bree producing, uh, our great crowd here. So for the Sixers, things started off earlier this morning with the 76ers acquiring Buddy Heel from the Pacers for Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second round picks. That was uh, from ESPN a little bit earlier. We also had the Sixers trading guard forward, whatever you wing, Daniel House Jr. And a 2024 second round pick to the Pistons. He was later waived by the Pistons. It looked like that was going to happen. Uh, and it eventually puts them in the position, as we talked about, maybe Kyle Lowry later. Pat Beverly announced on his podcast, the Pat Bev Pod. He jumped on it before anybody else that he's going to Milwaukee in exchange for campaign and a 2027 second round pick coming to Philadelphia. And then the latest, Jaden Springer going to the Boston Celtics for a second round pick. That's coming back to Philadelphia. And right now, that seems to be it. We await the buyout where maybe Patrick Beverly, a big man, potentially. I don't even know who that is. I know you said it earlier, Kyle. Maybe they, there's a big man out there on the market. That may not be available as of yet. But right yeah, now, say, for the, what the, we, the question is, who is it? Because yeah. Chris Haynes is indicating with Drummond they're intentionally keeping him. So, like, to me, if I'm trying to get inside Chicago's mind, right, like, the, all for all intents and purposes, everything I've heard, we've heard, the, the NBA has heard, is that Chicago wants to remain competitive. Sure. So holding on to Drummond indicates to me they would rather have him on the roster and get whatever he can contribute than trade him for, you know, make up a number, two second-round sure. picks, whatever yep. it was. They would be monumentally stupid to have held on to him just to buy him out. Like, what purpose would that serve? So, to me, that indicates Drummond is going to stay put. And that's bad because I don't know who the logical next name up is. Olenek got moved in, like, a real move. Yeah, so they that traded was the first-round pick for yeah, Toronto. That, that yep. was a real—they they sacrificed real value to get him. Drummond was probably—I I preferred Olenek over Drummond. They had different use cases, whatever. After those guys— Who's the candidate? Can you guys think of anybody off the top of your head? As, that's a, like, as a buyout as guy. As a buyout guy. No. No, I can't. I, no. Because teams don't give up big men who are playable in the playoffs, right? Like, you're, if you get somebody, it's going to be a guy that's like, uh, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but like a Greg Monroe type when they got him no, back no. in the day, right? right like no. that, that would be more along the lines of what you'd expect from a buyout guy. You're, you're not getting real bigs. Well, you, and you mentioned, too, the idea that they're going to, like, compete this year, too. No wings. And then Mo Bamba is your backup center right now. That's Look, I, I know that this is a halfway measure and you're not going to get any perfect answers. Mo Bamba is so far from a perfect answer, though. You need to have somebody else who can play over him. So, is it, uh, could it be Biombo? Because yeah. he, he played, free, he played right? pretty well for the Grizzlies before yeah. they let him go. Although I don't know, maybe they'll uh, they need him back after trading Tillman. They just need to eat minutes the rest of the year. But I, I mean, he's probably about as good a, an option as any I can think of off the top of my head. And we're talking we're talking right now. This is yes. before Embiid comes back. Yes. So you're looking at Reed, Bamba, and potentially Biombo. As a as a buy as a free agent right now, where you can add him to the team. No, that's that's not really all that good. That's no. just not. No, and that's I would say. The, if if we're, we're looking at it, that's a high end option. Sure. I, I would say if they end up getting him because he actually played. 
pretty good minutes when he played this year. I mean, relative to expectations yeah. anyway, and on a bad team. But it's at least somebody who has played and had a had success in a role this season. So, yeah, and yeah, when you talk, when you mention playoff teams giving up real backup bigs, that's where I, I look more towards the other non-playoff teams and seeing if there was something. Nick Richards, as an example, yeah. for the Charlotte Hornets, because Mark Williams is probably going to be there at least for now I guess their center of the future could you have maybe acquired Nick Richards on a on his rookie deal and have him come in here and, and do some things other than that I, I, I mean there's really nothing there but Bismack Biombo now as a potential guy to come in and that does not that does not bode well for the Sixers and their chances and at all no and I think the big takeaway here is that they preserve their first round picks and their cap space and their strategy but the immediate takeaway is what the hell is this team going to look like over the next couple months uh, it's going to look bad is what it's probably going to look gonna like, like it's going to look weird as hell too. can you imagine if this had happened under the uh, the Scott O'Neill uh, regime where everyone was worried about ticket sales because this is a th if you're talking about trying to draw a crowd Forget ticket sales how disastrous. about our show Kyle <laughs> <laughs> oh man well if, if it's any indication of what we've seen over the last, what, four games, five games, that's that's what it's going to look like. And, and and look, we've talked about the health. Buddy Hill he better shoot the ever-living shit out of the ball. Fire him up, buddy. Fire him up. Turk might get some minutes now. <laughs> Come in. Go get him, Rick. And, and, and I, I mean, that's what it's – maybe, Rich, that's what it's going to look like. Yeah. The uh, illnesses of, of course, we talked about Maxi Harris, the illness that's just running through. But when you get Maxi and Batum back as Melton well, Batum, yeah. Melton, I'm sorry, Melton back as well. All right, they're going to be a better looking team, but will that result in wins? Uh, I, 14 out of 30, I'm not sure it's going to result in that, especially as Kyle said, like they got to go to the West Coast and play all the good teams out yeah. there. Yeah. They got to play the Clippers twice, I know that. Uh, it's it's going to be hard. I, by the way, we're 50 minutes or no, sorry, no, we're, we're 70, 70 minutes yeah. into the uh, we got 50 minutes left. Sorry, uh, into the pod. I just would like to say, congratulations to Furkan Korkmaz. Yes, <laughs> took him five years. Really took like Furkan as a guy requests. too. He's a really really nice dude. Three front offices, and he finally got traded. Good did, for him. Did he say five for, years? It was five. He's asking what five years ago. All right. Think, think about in the modern NBA <laughs> when you are kind of an end-of-bench guy making small money, whether it's a rookie deal or $5 million, small whatever it money. is. Well, I mean, more money than he, he No, I know. Made, but, like, you know, NBA-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, think about how many times you're just a throw-in the trade. And think about how many deals yeah. that the Sixers have made in the deadline, in the offseason, all of these different uh, paths that they have charted and kind of, you know, rewinded and, and went another way. The fact that Furk was on the roster the entire time is kind of remarkable. It's, it's almost impossible, frankly. So the point that he starts his career with Jaleel Okafor still on the team. <laughs> And we are sitting here in 2024 with him finally getting moved at the trade deadline. His first trade request came in 2018. Did it really? It's wild, yeah. I don't remember that. It was okay. always described to me, too, as the two most polite yeah. trade requests possible. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way you could describe it, right? Like, he made the request and then just kind of hung out for several years afterward. It was, it was wild, man. Good for him. I don't know that he's going to play in uh, – 
in Indy, but at least, do, at least new opportunity. Yeah, I do think we have uh, some uh, super chats here that we've been largely ignoring, yeah. uh, and I think there might be a couple that I can't scroll up far enough for because you can only scroll so far up in a chat. And people are a little active today as they get very <laughs> a little angry. active, a little which we active. appreciate. That's great. Are you talking about the anger that we mentioned a little bit a earlier? A little bit of anger. A little bit. All right, go for it. Uh, we have one here from Bill. He says if they gave up a second round and move house as a salary dump. What did that do if they just did the same with Jaden Springer? Well, it got them under the luxury tax. And it saved them. So Jaden Springer was a little over $2 million this year, $4 million next year. They saved that. But really, it's, I think, about the luxury tax mostly. And look, you might not care. And I get that. And they have about a little over $5 million in space left under the luxury tax. They'll probably go out, sign two, you know, buy out guys with that. As Kyle mentioned, they have three opener roster spots. They can do that while staying under luxury tax. And again, I don't think most fans care. You probably shouldn't. It is significant. Not only is there like a, you know, penalty for being over the tax. There's like a $12 million tax reimbursement that I'm sure Josh Harris wouldn't mind having. And then there's a repeater tax penalties, which became very punitive in this next Look, collective bargaining okay, agreement. I, I just wish everyone would think about poor Josh Harris. Saving, I'm just saying make, saving a little money, money drives decision makers when you talk about billionaires. They tend to value it. I disagree. That That's helicopter is going to be That is your reason. Sure, they got another like 45th pick in the draft. <laughs> but it's about the money. Yeah, it's, it's, we have no it's wing defenders, so very, Josh Harris can buy fuel for his. It's going to be very hard for Daryl to try to spin this whenever he talks to the media, is my guess. They'll, they'll talk about flexibility and all that, and we could sit here and I could ask who could they sign or who could they get in the offseason if there's like a Paul George pipe dream that he's going to leave the team that is now the number one seed in the West in his hometown city, Seriously. playing with a guy that he intentionally tried to team up with That's who also only, only signed, already signed an extension, Kawhi Leonard. So like if you don't believe you can get him, then it comes down to, all right, we have to be able to trade every pick we got if you're the Sixers and say, we can go get this guy. We can get Devon to recruit Mikhail Bridges. How did that go to, the other day, by the way? To come here. It was cool, man. <laughs> so otherwise, like, what are you? What is the money doing for you? What, no, what is the I've purpose? I've been saying of, all year yeah. that I think it's for trade flexibility. And you've got five first well round better picks. Be. You've got five first round picks you can trade in the summer. You've got your pick, which we thought was going to be in the late twenties, is probably going to be like teens now. You've got that second round pick they just got back from the Bulls, or, or the, originally from the Bulls. I think he's looking at it like, like I said, splitting the difference, a little bit of heel to try to make a run if Embiid does come back, and a whole lot of flexibility for the off season. We actually did have a super chat from Liam Stevens who asked Devon specifically, how'd the recruiting go before the Nets game, Devon? So do you want to lend us any uh, insight to the recruitment pitch that you made to your, your boy? Um, it was fine. Uh, just asked how things are going in Brooklyn. Uh, how, Stop playing it, huh? Yeah. Uh, just what's, what's up? You know, when you're coming back home, he said, in the summer. <laughs> Not oh, now. In the summer. Oh, so yeah. it's after it's the season's confirmed. over. Confirmed, he's being moved. Oh, he still has. <laughs> <laughs> he still has all of us here, so he's gonna come back in the summer. Well, why not stay for the fall and the winter and the spring too? You know, uh, I mean, you know. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and, and hopefully also in Paris a little bit later. So we talked about that. 
So that, that's, that's how the recruiting went, and that was more of I'll be up there in a couple of weeks to see you play whoever, whenever I get a chance on the weekend uh, when the Sixers is not playing. So that's how recruiting went. All it right. went well. went well. We talked about a few other things, and, and there was that. Yeah. So it went well. Who, who asked that question? Liam? Liam Stevens. So that's, that's what happened, Liam. And I'm sorry to disappoint you that nothing went down by today. It looks like Sean Marks has other ideas no matter what me and Mikhail talk about. So there's that. Got some other super chats in here. We actually have, it's like a, I'm just going to combine it into one because they're essentially the same idea from Jay Flo in the chat who says, told y'all last night they are tanking the season for a high draft pick to sell in the offseason. Now, here's where I would disagree with you on that. If they were tanking the season, they wouldn't trade it for Buddy Heal. Yeah, they would have. But that's what creates the the confusion and to me makes it <laughs> sort of incoherent what they did. Like to go get Buddy, that to me was a statement of intent, right? Like that's yeah. saying we need a guy who's gonna help right now, guy who's gonna help Joel, fits along with him, gives us options for the playoffs. You could spin that pretty easy. You don't even have to spin it. That's an easy sales pitch. He's good. He helps. He brings a skill to the table that they desperately need. That's I, all well and good. I will say there's so much talk from a lot of the newsbreakers and insiders of they're going to be aggressive. They're going to do everything they can to improve their team. They made one trade to improve the team and two trades to save money. That's not super aggressive. No. Yeah. No. There's a lot of people. And a lot of people I respect, by the way. A lot of people at prominent outlets who we all talk to all the time who we're convinced, oh, this is a Daryl's going to be aggressive. Daryl's going to do this. And I think that set the stage for what now feels even worse because of that. It's like, okay, this was aggressive. And on top of that, they sent these guys, Pat Bev and Jaden Springer, who people to liked. teams, who, well, they're guys that people like, but also they went to teams they're directly yeah. trying to compete with to come out of the East. They didn't get traded to like Charlotte or Washington or Portland or rebuilding teams that are saying, hey, we want to take a flyer on a Jaden Springer. We think we can give him more minutes or whatever. Which, by the way, for Pat Bev's sake, I'm glad he didn't end up in Charlotte. I don't wish that on oh, him at yeah, all. Oh, yeah. For sure. That would have been a buyout. For sure. Been out. Yeah. It's, it's really the Springer one that's confusing to me because it's like Derek said. What, why couldn't you have done that deal in the offseason? And I, I guess they're going to have two two buyout guys lined up for that to make sense, and for them to still be they under the tax. Right on cue, Chris Haynes apparently said Philadelphia will be very aggressive if Paul George doesn't sign a Clippers extension. Well, of course, uh, obviously. Thanks, man. I, did, I didn't need Chris <laughs> Haynes to tell me I'm that. Just, I'm no, not news you. coming in. No. I'm just thanks, man. Just sharing it with the public. That's all. Breaking news. Daryl Morey thinks Paul George is a good basketball player. Yeah, and right. fits on any team. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> well, to just be in this spot where you're rooting for Paul George, as Kyle said, to leave a team that is playing awesome. Best basketball in the league right now. Yeah. To leave a, a good organization, too. Like, they spend money. Bomber's a little crazy and on the sidelines. But it's also where he's from, yeah. too. Yeah. He actually chose to go there at the beginning of it. I, you know, never say never. You know, I, I'll believe it when I see it, though. Uh, we have a super chat from our guy Gavin, who says, "Devon Gibbons as my point of a fat, a point of attack defender. I'm done with a bunch of broken heart emojis." Well, come on, Gavin. What's the problem, man? You're coming I... off an Achilles tear, Devon. You don't move side to side the way you hey, used man, to. Hey, man, listen. They signed me for the rest of the season. The Achilles tear. Try. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there. The Let's effort will it. be there. It's I'm more not... we can say about something. Well, I'm getting that amoeba defense, man. Get down in that crouching position. You kidding me? Come on. 
I'm not sure you have the Come physicality on. to get over the screens on defense, everybody. Listen, man, in my work, in my rehab right now, that's some of the stuff, <laughs> some side-to-side moves that I'm doing. That shuttle. Come on, man. Oh my god. I'm ready, Gavin. Stop it. I'm disappointed in you, and we're making it to the playoffs at that point. I'll come on the show, though. Come on. Oh, you'll still continue to do your job? I know that's sometimes in doubt. Anytime. I'm here. Anytime you need me, I'm I'm available. Come on, Gavin. If you give me a rest of season contract, (laughs) I'm out. Me and Pat Ben, maybe he did it. Why can't I do it? Come on. All right. Um, We want to tell everybody real fast that we are at the Chicken of the Egg in Marlton, New Jersey. Yes. Great food here. The wings. We haven't really been diving in too much because there's been so much going on, so much activity with the trade deadline. We will get there, and we're going to try those ludicrous wings at the end of the show, Derek included, and uh, see what happens there. Uh, But come on by. Again, they have the Super Bowl party on Sunday where they will begin at 5 p.m. Live DJ, drink specials, tasting, swag giveaway. Look behind us. You see some of the, the hood. And, and, and shirts here, right here behind uh, Derek and, and Kyle and Rich. You can see everything behind them. So some swag giveaway. Look at the hot sauce. Kyle, what do you have in front of you there, there man? It what kind of hot like sauce flavors that, that do you have right there? Original hot, if you guys can see that. It's got a cool, cool like logo that. on that bad boy. I like to have to talk and to. And then the green one is the bee sting, which I always love. Uh, the honey hot, that's yeah. always a nice that's flavor that's, profile. That's it right there. So I, yeah. I, no, you you got honey barbecue. Honey barbecue. So this what's is the honey thing? hot. That's honey hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. No, no cowards allowed. Okay. I know you and Derek down there are. Uh, oh, 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 I'm all in. I told you I have my tissues and everything, man. I'm ready. Got to blow your nose, man. Uh, no, I'm just messing with <laughs> you. Your nose I, running. Derek is definitely on a different, <laughs> different level of cowardice with the, the spice. Hot food, not at all. We need to talk to Brittany about those because we need to take some of those home because we need that flavor. We, we need some of those flavors to take home. I even got one from my, my, my cousins. Bring some of that home. We, we need some of those flavors. You also had the wrap. How, how was I did the wrap? Have a wrap. The wrap was good. I got it with a, the medium sauce. I just wanted like a middle of the road, like see what they're working with. Didn't want to wipe your nose doing the show. Exactly. I didn't want to be sweating from my forehead <laughs> while we're on the uh, the broadcast here. So Derek, how were the fries? Good. Fries, fries were good. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So come on out again to Chicken and the Egg Super Bowl party, 5 p.m. Live DJ swag giveaway. Come on out. Try all the great food. That's right here in Marlton, New Jersey, the uh, chicken or the egg. All right, you want to talk about also some of the other moves in conference, in division, if you will? Like New York, we've talked a lot about the New York Knicks getting Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Moving on from Quentin Grimes, who his name was brought up in a few deals before, the, in, in rumors. And then there were some reports that they're going to keep him and, and not give him away. But, Rich, they bring in those two after making the deal, uh, of course, for going all the way back a couple of weeks ago, getting OG Ananobi. They positioned themselves really well. And right now, what are they, in second place now in the Eastern yeah. Conference standings? They don't lose anymore. They're just rolling. They're just rolling. So what do you make of the New York and what they've done all the way back to the OG Ananobi move? I, I've been really impressed with them. And it, it all comes back to the fact that they – stole Jalen Brunson from Dallas and Jalen Brunson I think is making what is it 24 25 million dollars he signed a four-year 100 million dollar deal right yep he is providing way more value than that that might be the best value contract in the league he is playing like a max level guy even like a good max level guy as well Um, and so that gives them the flexibility to to go out and make moves now I think it's been interesting Devon they've traded all of their young players but they've kept all of their picks while doing this so Grimes is out the door. 
quickly is out the door. Barrett's out the door. Barrett, I actually thought was a good move. I didn't think that was addition by subtraction. That was not, I think. That was not a value contract. But they're they're good, man, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. I know they really. I, I know they lost against Miami last year, but they, you know, they, they can really rebound. And and obviously Brunson and, and Randall, if he comes back here, he hasn't always been great in the playoffs. They're, they're going to be a tough out. And here's the thing too, if the Sixers are actually like able to tread water a little bit. That's going to be their first-round opponent, like them or mm-hmm. Cleveland. I actually think both of those teams are going to stay ahead of Milwaukee at this point. Um, I just think they're better regular Well, you got no faith in Doc Rivers? Well, what's his record right now? <laughs> what is it, one and four? Well, hey, listen, one of those games was at altitude. There's all kinds of excuses for that. Like, oh, you yeah. can't hold it against They, they had to get on a, a plane for a road <laughs> game. Can you believe that? Come on, oh, you, that's you, fucking hey, crazy. Doc, he's coaching in the all-star, all-star game, man. Exactly. Thank you. Show some respect. Come on, by the way, when you talk about giving up the young players, but they're still young. Yeah. Jalen Brunson is, what, 25, 26? They're prime. 26? They're a lot of prime. They're not super young, but I think for the next couple years. So they have a real window. Yeah. And they've reopened their conversation with clutch management where you never know who they might get from that from that tree of players that are represented there. So that's what the New York Knicks did. CAA factory, that they got going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, look at, look at that. So, um, so that's Shams the New York apparently Knicks. reporting the Sixers are one of four teams who will go after Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, Vince, you didn't hear that one. Spencer Dinwiddie. They might go after Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, to come here to Philadelphia. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I, listen, I look. If, if we're just talking about, you got to fill the, the roster spots. Uh, I will imagine he will be one of the most talented guys available. As we have discussed with Kelly Oubre, talent does not always equal productive basketball. Yep. I, I think Dinwiddie's got some things he can offer the team: some shot creation, some shot making, for that matter. But I just, I really worry about, I said this to you guys before we even started the show, I think. I worry about getting into territory where you go from, they have a bunch of guys on expiring contracts, one-year deals, and a lot of them were bought in, team-first guys. And now you could be getting to a point where you bring in Dinwiddie, you already got Ubre. Buddy Heald has been a little ornery in the past when he hasn't had the size of role that he would necessarily want. You could create an environment where things go south in a hurry. And being in the locker room, talking with Tobias and Tyrese and these guys, where they're talking about, hey, we got to forge our own identity without Joe. We got to figure out what works. What's this? I worry that it's so late and these guys are all thinking strictly about what's the next deal that this thing could be a complete shit show for the final couple months and then it doesn't even really matter what shape Joel comes back in if nobody else is on the same page so you got to have if you were to bring him in I'm not saying that he's like a cancer or anything like that I don't want to overstate it you have to be sure that absorbing someone like that into the locker room and making these additions does not put the team on the wrong path mentally because I think it's they're already in trouble from a talent and sure. execution standpoint. If you lose like the the team focus, the team buy-in, all that, this season is going to hell and. Oh, hurry. It makes me think about uh, a few weeks ago. I think it was after the seventy-point game, maybe for Embiid, when you were talking about uh, the, the 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 playoffs, and you were talking about Marcus Mars 
and Daniel House yelling at each other across the room, how good the vibes were in the locker room, of course, after a 70-point game, but just in general. And now we get to this point, and you're talking about it just, what, two weeks later? of how you're explaining it, and, and that's not good. So on the Spencer Dinwiddie part, just because I've watched him so much over the last year now with the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets and seeing what he, this year, he's aggressively taking himself, taking himself kind of out of the offense. He just, he's passing the basketball, he's, he's, he's passing up shots, and he wanted out. And this Liam, before you say you talking to Mikhail and getting information and recruiting and all that stuff, find about no, this that no, I watch it because I'm watching my cousin play basketball, and I'm saying what the hell is Spencer did what he doing? And then you read some of the stuff that the other the other stuff that was coming out of Brooklyn, and he was just not looking to shoot the basketball. As one of the guys you want running the offense and shooting the basketball, the ball swinging to you while you're wide open, and he's not shooting it. I don't know that, that how much that's going to change, of course, going to a new environment. He really wanted out of Brooklyn based on what you read. But that left a bad taste in my mouth just watching it from afar, watching it and wanting the best for, for Mikhail, of course. It's like, dude, shoot basketball and, and, and try to put some points on the board. So I don't know what I don't know where his mind is uh, as far as if he came to Philadelphia and what he would bring to this roster. But that's the last thing that I saw watching him a lot in the Brooklyn Nets uniform. So uh, I, 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 would very, I would be very interested to see how all of that is going to play out if he did, in fact, sign here in Philadelphia yeah. or anywhere else, wherever he goes. I mean, look, at least the good news is, especially for people like Buddy and Spencer, if they do end up pursuing him, there's shots to be had. <laughs> like, they should be happy with their role because you've got Tyrese Maxson a whole lot of slop after ne or underneath them. There are definitely, like, there's going to be shots, catch-and-shoot shots, off-screen shots for Buddy. There's going to be isolation and pick-and-roll shots for... Dinwiddie, if he does come here, like you should be able to keep him somewhat happy, even if historically they're not. And it really just goes to show, like when we talked about Daryl and his tenure in Houston, like he feels like he can shuffle around the role players. He feels like he can find guys who contribute. They're not long-term key pieces. He, they just change frequently. They're fungible, and I think you're really seeing that here. He cares about the big things and hitting on the stars and Bede, Maxi, and that third piece. And the rest, I think he feels like he can just shuffle them and be okay. Hey, by the way, quick aside, while we still have no, no. A, a captive audience, sure, we do have a, a PHRY takeover coming up soon on the 23rd. You might even get a chance to play. I was going to say, I, I'll be I out can't there. promise this, but, the one, two, two, but if you buy a ticket and are in the building to see them play the Cavs on the 23rd with us, they might pull you out of the stands because they only have 12 guys on the roster be right now. Too, and yeah, so they, I'm ready, man. You might be able to see a guy that they hope to trade for at a future date and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But but more seriously, guys, the, yeah. the takeover on the 23rd, we will all be there to, to hang out before the game, sit in the stands together, chop it up. I know we had a bunch of you for the first one against – that was Detroit, right? When That was the distance, Detroit yeah. in, I want to say, December. Yeah. And it was a good time for – our, our guy, Al, the two-minute warning. Yeah, Al was in here screaming earlier. That's what I'm saying. He could certainly speak what to up, Al? the time that what he up, had. Al? What up, Al? indeed. Al, you might have to play for this team. So, But if you guys want to join us for that takeover on the 23rd, 
might even be able to bump us down to the lower level, depending on uh, <laughs> how many other people show up for that game. So no, no, no. We don't want to go on the lower level because we got a bar up there in that section. Oh, that's true. We need so that, that bar. Just drink yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you bring up Pat Bev in Detroit in that game. Remember he got into – he was almost starting fights before the game? Remember when we had our back turn and we turned around? Next thing you know, Pat Bev was about to – what was it, Isaiah? Was that Isaiah Stewart? Isaiah Stewart, Stewart so, yeah. It was very, very, very NFL pregame. All PHLY.com under Pat the Bev. events tab if you'd like to join us for that takeover. Maybe we'll on get the George Niang on the show. <laughs> oh, Might as well. Yeah. Uh, George is a character. I, yes. I, I miss – I will say if, if we're talking about the selfish version of the trade deadline, thinking about the guys they lost, Pat Bev and D House yeah. out of that locker room, oh, my God. I'm – I'm a little distraught over uh, fans don't care because your house was saying, hey, I don't care about the fans. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, that guy's a character. Can we also tell about phylocker.com where you can get some fresh gear? We oh, have I got to ask about my hoodies. sweatshirt I was wearing earlier. Kyle has the sweatshirt on, of course, the, the original. I have the latest. for. Uh, let me stand up so people can kind of see the logo on, on, the, on the front there. I can't turn around and pivot so you can see the You guy. can take the headset well, off. Well, you keep really it going. Go ahead. You yeah. keep talking. We don't so, actually need to so hear you talk. Vanna, Vanna Gibbons me, over let, here let me, is going to model the. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that big old logo on logo the back. On yeah. So there you go. PHLYlocker.com. Bree has hers on right now. The t shirt uh, also that, that we have. So we have a lot, you know, flyers, eagles, and make sure you go to PHLYlocker.com to check out all that. You see it right there on your screen. Uh, you got the hoodie right there. And uh, we're all good. Chris has the T-shirt on. Uh, our, our our we show had Coach Lowell in the chat who said, "I can't wait for the end of the show for Kyle and Derek to read all of 1,000 plus names." <laughs> I don't, in the uh, chat I don't think today. that one's gonna happen. Can we, I mean, look, before we do that, we gotta thank everybody for hanging out with us. I know we're gonna get to well, all I mean, the names later. I mean, if we later. start now, we might be able to Man. end by four. We had a lot of people in here today. It's pretty cool. I got some some questions for you guys. I guess what was what was your favorite trade that a team made at this deadline? I mean, this might suck, but it might be the Knicks. Knicks. I was yeah. going to go Knicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, universal approval rating for that trade. <laughs> Can I give another the, uh, one that I sure. thought was interesting, and I'm very curious to see how this one play out? Gordon Hayward to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Very, very interested in that one to see how that one goes there. Because I hope, uh, I hope, I hope Mitchick gets a chance with Charlotte. I wouldn't mind seeing him get it. Because he, he came over here. He left a very high-profile career in Europe, multi-time EuroLeague MVP. I think he won it twice. At least once, right? At least once. I don't remember if it was. He came over here to get a that shot. That was Rich's guy back in the day. I I've been watching him. The machine. Shot. He plays like 10 minutes a game. Or he was playing like 10 minutes a game for yeah. Oklahoma City on backup units. So He was including what, the Horford trade? Yeah. I mean, like, look, I love him, but, you know, not like a, a star. <laughs> I just wouldn't mind seeing him get a shot. That's all. Anybody else? Any any other moves? Uh, this is sad, but the other one is uh, I kind of like Tillman to the Celtics, too. Yeah, I thought that was, yeah uh, I like that one, too. That was a nice fit. You know, obviously, he's a little bit of a limited offensive player, but I think he fits kind of their switch toughness, undersized identity. Uh, I think that was a good pick. And he's also played for uh, trade, and I, he's also played for good teams already, too. So, you know, from their standpoint, Playoff minutes too. it's yeah. not like trading mm -hmm. for somebody who's uh, who's been on a tanking team, even if the Grizzlies are struggling this year. I'm interested to see what P.J. Washington looks like on a, a real on a team. Because, you know, like, he's had stretches where he's looked very good when LaMelo's healthy yep. and they have a competent rotation. I, I, I do think that 
a little bit of an upgrade, to say the least, to play with Luca and Kyrie Irving at the same time. Lively's got to get healthy. He's been a really important part of that. But mm -hmm. uh, he gives them some front court flexibility, right? Like he shoot the ball a little bit, play the four, also play some small ball five at times, which will be interesting with that group. Sure. They will not defend absolutely anybody, but they might score a billion points, and that's their path to winning. So interested to see how he They also he got Daniel Gafford, out. right? I yeah. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, Daniel Gafford for so that's a nice Rashawn option for them. That's They had a, a not an overwhelming deadline. I know that prior to Siakam going to Indiana, that Dallas was rumored as one of the big suitors. They had kicked around the idea of trading for Andrew Wiggins. You know, actually, on that subject, do we think the Sixers are going to get thrown in the uh, the losers category when everybody does the yes. winners and losers? <laughs> It'll be like them, Golden State. I'm trying to think of who Lakers. else might be in the Lakers. Now, I would argue Golden State might be the biggest loser because the, the shelf life on that team is about to be gone. You don't and get to play the hospital Sixers anymore. No. And <laughs> unlike the Lakers, who people just magically always want to play there for all of time and want to live in L.A., all that. So even when LeBron goes, they well, probably will. I just, I just heard that a star was going to bolt L.A. to come to Philly next summer. Yeah, mm -hmm. bolt the Clippers. <laughs> but and also, even still, I'm throwing all, a lot of yeah, shade on that. We're, yeah. we're all pretty skeptical that's, that that's going to happen. So I, I don't think it's as dire for L.A., although having to look LeBron in the face and be like, hey, buddy, we did nothing with you still playing at an all-NBA level. That's, that's pretty tough. I will say, I think this market was a little tough for buyers because a couple of the teams, Atlanta, Chicago, Chicago. that should be sellers, what are they doing? Brooklyn, no offense, seem like they're dipshits. And when it those is. sellers aren't motivated to actually sell, a lot of teams that are looking to buy, it, you're probably going to be a little disappointed in the end result, with the one exception possibly being Knicks. You know, the Knicks getting OG and Bogdanovich, I think, is a real good addition to their team. Outside of that, I think most buyers are probably disappointed right now. Well, I also think the, the play-in has probably made the trade deadline harder because, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you got the Jerry Reinsdorfs and the Arturuses of the world who's like, look, we're 24 and 27. We're right there. Playing, baby. Right there, man. What's the, what's the Hawks the owner's name? I'm Tony blanking. Ressler. Tony Ressler, yeah. In the same, similar sort of boat. Like, I remember the story was last year. They won, what, four games in a row? And they're like, oh, that's we got to keep the band together. And We beat Golden State the other night. Let's Let's get it going. Yeah, well, so a lot of a lot of stupid teams and stupid owners. I wanted to ask you say. about a couple of guys since we some names for buyout potentially. Uh, number one, because a lot of people asked about him recently, is just I'll start with the the local one just because he hasn't signed since he was waived at the beginning of the season. That's Danny Green. Uh, for a lot of people asking God. about Danny Green. <laughs> Listen, so we, are, a, we are a very pro-Danny podcast. We did lose a podcaster. We're a very pro-Danny podcast. If they bring Danny Green back, <laughs> I think people will have a complete meltdown. <laughs> He's fresh, man. <laughs> he is He's well been working out. Yeah. I'm not area, even saying it would be a bad thing to do. I just think the optics of it would yeah, be yeah, for I sure. Mean, he hasn't played bad. since yeah. October. All right, so here, here are the real ones that I was asking ask you about. Oladipo guy. 
got waived. That's the first one I was going to ask you about because Memphis did waive him. Is there any interest with you guys uh, for Victor Oladipo? Is he even healthy? Is the the first place I would go? He hasn't played all season. He's not played all season. Yeah, so that's so the uh, answer's no on that. Probably, uh, probably no. The other, the the fun one for you too. Oh yeah, he's got he's he's got a patellar tendon repair as of October. Yeah, do you need those? Generally, no. yeah. You don't need those. Yeah. You're, you're able so. to function without those. He, uh, he just got waved. So, can he get you know, a meniscectomy for that? Killian Hayes. Let go. No, no, not a meniscectomy. The two, a the two guys, a I, don't, I don't mean to drop an F-bomb in public, but <laughs> fuck no on Killian Hayes. Like, that is... If if he ends up on this Weaves, roster, that they let is... let him go. I kind of want to just for the entertainment. Oh, no. What? Entertainment That's for who? You. We got to watch it every us. I can watch we you, wanna, though. Yeah. You have to watch him. That's fine. I can I can ignore You're that. You're the one who does watching, most of the home post game shows. I'm just in the locker room. Watching the way you lose your mind every right game now? on press Come row on. would be entertainment enough for me. <sighs> that is that is theater, man. Come on, no get some way. game time tickets for that. You talk about the Killian Hayes moment of the night. That's <laughs> <laughs> the yes. kill myself moment of the night. It's more like it. Oh my god. Oh, no he's, way. he's really bad. Watching him kind of probe the defense at a pick and roll. He's like, really bad. <laughs> he, he'll be Killian, Kyle. He, yeah, watching Could him come off the screen. me, yeah. Him coming off the screen and probing the defense might be the least threatening play in the <laughs> NBA. Like, it's like there are about four things he could do, and none of them are good. So that's the way it works. Yeah, our boy Weave, I mean, look, it's been it's oh, been an okay, okay couple years for him. You know, maybe he should have traded Bogdanovich last year. For when, two first. When, when, when he would have been able to, instead of just giving him to the Knicks for Quentin Grimes. But, hey, look, the past is the past, and Weaves is moving forward. With the greatest job security in the world. I mean, look, I think they are four and seven without Cade Cunningham, too. So they have a good they thing. They have more wins without Cade than with him this season. It's a Levine record effect. right now. I'm very curious. They have seven are wins. They, they're are either four and six or four and seven yeah. without Cade. They are three and 37 with him. So, look, that's a good thing for Weaves, right? That his, his that best his player, star player can't win. That, that he actually might be dragging down the team in a certain way. Look, we're going to reassess here with, with Tom Gordon. <laughs> in the offseason, and we're going to figure it out. Not with Monty with the 10-year contract. Who, who who can be like a former first-round pick that was failed, you know, a former lottery pick? Jaden Springer. Oh, no, sorry, he already got traded no, to it's Boston. Be a, a lot of it's got to be a more high-profile bust. Uh, Jaden Springer, I wouldn't even say he's a bust because he's a late, late first-round pick. Yeah. But, like, look, we're going to pay that guy probably $30 million this offseason, whoever that is. Maybe they can pay Kelly Olynyk again. Yeah. They got a lot of cap space. By the way, it seems like they are – Prime Tobias. Oh yeah, people. Wait, he's going to Kelly Olynyk. He went to Toronto, there. right? Yeah. And they gave up a first for him. What the fuck is no Masai idea. Ujiri doing? <laughs> I have no idea. What? Like, I know people call me a Masai hater. No, he stinks. What the hell is he doing? You gave up, gave up first in back-to-back he's years. Smarter than everybody for else, Kyle. Come on, on a team that has like now one playable guard. How old is Olynyk? The the, the total trade 30, last year. Awful. 30, he'll be 33. I was going to say 32. So he's 32. Yeah, he'll be 33 in April. <laughs> How many years what left? What the hell is the plan? I think it's his last. That's a, it reminds me of that episode of uh, I Think You Should Leave where it's the, the game show and it's chunky. And he's like, what the, What were you expecting year. to do? I, I don't. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to compete? Like, They're the probably giving up, the, they're giving up the eighth seed. Or the eighth, eighth pick this year. 
He's lucky. He's really lucky. This is considered a shitty draft, by the way. That Jacob Poto trade last year, when it was abomination, they had to sell, giving up a top six protected pick. What what is going on, Masai? Here's what I would also. One of my big takeaways from the deadline, and I don't want to overstate it because I feel like every year everyone's like, oh, it's a new new paradigm shift, and like this is how it is. The guys that got moved of consequence were exchanged for young players and picks and mostly young players so instead of first round picks moving it was mostly the the quentin grimes's of the world and if you're looking at it from a sixers perspective that makes cutting isaiah joe or a player like isaiah joe feel a lot more painful because they had guys they had at least a guy on the roster who look let's say that he played like 75% as well here. You at least have a guy to move for some value that's, I don't want to say equivalent to a second round pick, but similar value and could play right away for a team that clearly a lot of these teams that don't want to sell, that are hovering around the play-in, they want guys like the Grimes, the Isaiah Joes of the world. So that to me heightens the importance that's uh, always been important to nail your picks but the development but pipeline when you hit on the pick don't cut them for luxury tax savings or don't i mean springer i wouldn't call a hit no but i was like, talking about isaiah jones yeah, yeah but yeah. i would say but in springer's case too don't cut bait on them early when there's no real incentive to move them right now versus at the draft Do you know how hard it is hit on a second round pick he was right here in that well not here because we're at but he was right Derek's in the, just mad that he uh, tweeted, don't screenshot this, but Isaiah Joe's going to start in a year, and then they cut him. He's still bitter about it. No, I'm okay with that because I was pretty close to right. <laughs> no. I'll take that as a, you know. No, I think I'm you okay can take that. a semi, yeah. at least a semi-victory lap Certainly on that one. not upset about the tweet, yeah. But the lesson is you got to play and develop young players if you want to train them for better <laughs> players, and unfortunately they had a coach who now is not playing young players at his next stop either. So, so Marshawn. Yeah, Marshawn out of the rotation. Bochamp has not played at all. <laughs> it's like we're going to need either him or Andre Jackson to step up for us. Meanwhile, the two of them are playing 0.0 minutes under Doc. So, did the did the Bucks only get Pat Bev? Is that their only move? Uh, I believe so. Unless I missed something between driving they, here. They traded Robin Lopez. Traded Robin oh, Lopez. Oh, that's right. They just dumped him, though, right? Yeah. Didn't get anything back? Um, didn't see anything back. I'm, I'm happy about that because I have been on NBA Twitter too much, NBA Reddit too much. Their fans were as delusional as I have ever seen a fan base with. <laughs> we're going to get to Shantae Murray. Horst is going to cook or whatever. And I'm like, well, he's got no ingredients to cook with. Like, <laughs> like you traded every last thing pretty much for he's Dan. Got all, he's got salt only. He's like, here, I got some salt. You give me. Uh, and they thought he'd do the, the, the salt <laughs> thing. Yeah. No, no, he can't actually. Uh, he can trade for Damian Lillard and put in all I of his. I got salt. You give me pork shoulder. How about that? <laughs> so, and look, getting Pat Bev for campaign and a second round pick that's fine i guess but that that is about the extent of the moves some of the Do we have any thoughts on campaign by the way i feel like we i asked you that earlier you, you guys just brushed right past him and went right back to calvary <laughs> oh <laughs> subtweet from joel Embiid, by the way no. uh, joel Embiid, lots of people got better that's fun for competition that's all he said okay which is, he'll say, I'm just trolling, all that. But I. He's, he did almost the exact same thing last year, too. Yeah. Last when summer. you do it two, two uh, deadlines in a row, 
it ceases to become trolling, I think. And be, I would, it's certainly not fun or entertaining. I would, I would take that as a, a bit of a warning to the organization. As I would go that far to say that. And uh, before we get to campaign, Gianfranco, I just want to distance myself from this one. Any chance the Sixers can go for my other cousin, Miles Bridges, in free agency? My man. No. We want nothing. Fuck no. no I, I will forget burn about this. this place forget about that ground. part. Uh, yeah. Number one, not my cousin. And, and number two, then we'll just elaborate a little bit more. No, we don't want him here. <laughs> so don't associate us uh, All you with need him. to do is go look at the Wikipedia entry no, for off-court or personal life and, no. and look at the details of what not only did the first incident happen. Which he pled guilty to, by the way. Pled guilty to. Was it guilty or no contest? No, no contest. It might be no contest. I just want to make sure we're no, not saying the wrong thing. Guilt. Yeah, you're right. Fair so, point. But then followed that up with an incident in October where he threw pool balls at a car that children were inside of. When he had a restraining order, by the I way. should say allegedly. Yeah. Uh, just to, but apparently there's still a warrant out for uh, for that incident. Nope. So Absolutely no, not. Thank no, you. Thank Absolutely you. not. no, thank you. No, thank you. All right, Kyle, campaign. Yeah, I, I mean, if if he plays a major role, I think it's a, a problem. Yeah. So uh, I would say that. He does not help the defensive issues that they clearly have right now. I would say if we're talking about off the dribble juice, he's got more than Pat Bev, but that's not really it's Pat Bev. It's off the Bev's. dribble juice, but you usually don't want the shot that comes at the end of it. That's Correct. what I was about to say. The fans are not going to like the uh, shot of the, the wind-up and the side shooting that he does. It's a hell of a name, though. I love the name. Yeah. Campaign I'll for campaign. I'll be campaigning yeah. for some better players on the Sixers roster is what I would say. <laughs> he is having, a, I believe this is a career-best shooting year for him. Now, of course, as soon as someone has a career-best shooting year and they come to Philadelphia, almost immediately go off of a cliff. So yeah, no, he'll forget. Yeah, I, I would expect he will not be able to shoot. But, yeah, I, I mean, he had success. In Phoenix the one year. When and the, finals. The, the finals year was yeah. really fun with him. And then it wasn't but the next year. Returned to campaign the next yes. year. He, he became the guy he's been for his entire career, which is fine. Like he's made a decent living out of being a, a bench guard, but not someone I trust basically at all on a, a real playoff team. Would he, be I'd sum that up. He played 47 games for the Bucks this year, around 15 minutes, 6.2 points per game, 2.3 shot. As you mentioned, 40% from three this season uh, so far, and I. Uh, uh, <laughs> Even Devon, uh, the nicest guy here, is, try, is yeah. struggling trying to come up with... Uh, the nicest guy by a mile, by the way. It's not even close. Well, him and Kale are real close, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> yeah, they played in Phoenix now, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they're real, yeah, they're real tight. They're real close. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing... I have no opinion no, of sure him a as a guy. Like, I'm sure he's a he's fine... He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, a lot of nice guys in the league. His best year was that, that finals run. That, that's just to, to put it very simple. Yeah, he, he, had, he had a really nice year that year. Well, he was also surrounded by kind of a, a tailor-made system for him, too, where a lot of guys. everybody could shoot, and they ran that kind of beautiful pick-and-roll offense that year. Uh, I don't think they have that here. Right no, now. because even when he had to start in, during that year when – Chris Paul had the uh, thumb injury, I believe it was, that year. Is that the playoffs? In the playoffs, yeah, he also had right. to play a lot during the regular season. He was really good. 
really good starting. He was dropping 20s and knocking down threes and, and all that stuff. He was, he was really, really good. As you said, that's not the personnel here right now. So well, I, I, I don't know what that looks like. And we got to get to some super chats too, but go ahead. Well, everybody talks about the bubble year as kind of mm-hmm. the fake year. Is that a fake championship? I actually think that next year overall might be a faker year than that, just with all the COVID yeah, but it's funny to say yeah. the Disney World championship is the fake one. That's I, <laughs> I know, but how about the Ben Simmons? Everybody got hurt. Hawks I, made the conference I finals year. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying You're it's right. funnier for the memes. It's more of a, a literal ma- a Mickey Mouse championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I guess real quick, like, what's the what's everybody's takeaway from the Sixers standpoint here before we get to the end? Uh, I have no idea how they're going to stop anyone. They might be the worst defensive team. They also team might not be able to score either. In the league or between rebound. now and when Joe comes back. <laughs> but <laughs> Other than that, scoring, rebounding, that? and defense. <laughs> There's you know, still not a good passing are, team. Things are looking up. Yeah. <laughs> it's underwhelming. Uh, underwhelming right now, especially with us not knowing what the buyout situation is going to look like. Look like. We can speculate and, of course, think that, you know, a couple of things are going to happen. But we also thought Andre Drummond might also uh, be here, too. But uh, underwhelming for me for for this deadline right now. They made a couple of moves, but they got one player back that is of real significance. And we said that that move was also going to really tailor how we felt as the day went, went on because the move happened so early. And then nothing else happened. So I would say underwhelming for, kind of, for the trade deadline. I kind of like the way it started. Like, I thought Buddy was a reasonable, like I said, split the difference. Upgrade in an area that they needed and a skill set they needed. But it needed to be the first of, like, two or three moves that made sense. Low-cost moves that made sense. And rather than having two more low-cost moves that made sense, they just shed salary. Didn't address the backup center. Didn't address any kind of real ball handling. I'm not confident in the buyout market or Lowry to do so. Uh, so I thought the initial move was okay, and then after that, it kind of went off the rails. I, I used the word earlier. I'll say it again. Incoherent is the the word that yeah. I would use. I just I, it just feels like they're pulling in two different directions. It doesn't send a real clear signal about where Joel is at. I, I just you know I don't really get it. I I, I like the buddy move. I understand the Papev thing, and I would even go as far as to say is some of that is out of their control based on uh, Lowry potentially coming and Pat wanting out, but Mm -hmm. it it all kind of adds up to... And I just want to say, like, I think a lot of people are saying, like, well, this indicates they don't have confidence in Joel coming back. I don't get that sense at all. I don't get that sense from what the procedure was. Like, I think they are. It's a legitimate reevaluation in four weeks. And just talking to everyone around the team, I think they believe that. Look, you don't know how he's going to respond, but I think they believe there's a good chance he does come back. I think this is just Daryl trying to split the difference. I really do. So, so I agree with everything you guys said. Incoherent, and I am like. Not really looking forward to these last 30 or so games here. Like, I'm not. No, no, no. It's going to be great basketball. Everyone, please tune in. Go to PHLY underscore sports on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe. Uh, you know, bell icon, all that stuff. Ding. Yeah, yeah. Ding. Do, do, do all that stuff. But I, I guess the thing <laughs> I would say is. Uh, 23 and 7 on the rest of the way. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the cap space and the offseason, it better be worth it. You know? It, it better be. Paul George, man, what's the problem? I'm just saying. Whatever, right. whatever it is, all these picks you're hoarding, all this cap space you have created, better be worth it because this is, you know, it, it's clear that you're putting all your eggs in that basket. 
All right, you want to get to our final super chats yep, here? Absolutely. Let's get to let's let's get to the final super chats. Matt uh, Carrito uh, just wanted to super chat and donate, and we appreciated it. Thank uh, you, Matt. We thank you, Matt. Appreciate Thanks for that. tuning in, and we appreciate you hanging with us. Our buddy Ash, he was active in the chat and in the super chat, says if. They get healthy. Buddy is nice ad as a six man. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us are down on the Buddy move. Is he a starter I think that was or is the one universal. Man? Is he a starter or a six man? Definitely off the bench. No, off the bench. If yeah. you get if you get Melton and Patoon back and Embiid, like probably starts in the short term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But long term, like I think obviously it's Maxi, um, Melton, Patoon, Harris, Embiid, Buddy six man. I think that's a reasonable top six. It's just you don't have the flexibility with your be- with um, you know your wings with your backup ball handlers uh, that I think a lot of us are uncertain about. We'll see if that's a buyout move uh, to help out in that area. Real time checks in and says, "Is Maury ever going to beat the quote unquote fraud allegations?" Not until he wins the title. Not for a bit. Not after that deadline. And as Derek says, it really just matters if they yeah. win. I don't think this deadline materially helped them win. So that's. Uh, Gonna be a whole lot of people angry at him for a while. I'd say that. Check check back in the offseason. Got you. And uh, our friend Yams donated two dollars as well. We appreciate it, Yams. Jake says they definitely traded Springer to open up another spot for Morris since he got traded again. Well, can't do it. Can't bring him back. Can't when bring you traded again and that bought out. Right. He got moved from Indiana to San Antonio. Is that a loophole? I I actually think if you get traded twice and then bought out, so that that's in, the. In, 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 if you get traded and get bought out, you can't go back to the team that traded you until either a calendar year or July 1st, whichever comes first. I don't know if there's a loophole about being traded twice that's, in the I'd same day. I'd have to double day. check on that. I'd have one. to double yeah. check on okay. that. But my gut says no, but I'm not sure. I, listen, if the grand plan here was to bring Marcus Morris back, Marcus what Morris back I, that'd yeah. be like what then Daryl Morey would deserve to be called a fraud. So, they definitely yeah. cannot bring House back, though. That I'm certain yes. about. Well, we would get the Marcus Morris moment back for the rest of the season. I, Devon, come just, on, man. Just let it go. No. <laughs> no. We got, it's over. We got to bring that back. All right. It is over because we're wrapping up here. Uh, we want to thank our gracious hosts as our Watch Party Live show here, Trade Deadline Special, was presented by the chicken or the egg here in Marlton, New Jersey. And we appreciate Brittany and all the staff for really helping us out Thanks here. Thanks for the food, for the, the food, drinks, the drinks, setup. everything. And we're going to talk about some of those those sauces. The there, hot man. sauces. We got to get those, the, man. The bee sting the bee from sting. the chicken or the egg. We got the we, I'm taking green some of that logo. Home. We got happened. the original hot. It looks it like yet. a rooster with an afro on it. Like, like look it. Look at that. That's I like it. Pretty snazzy we're design taking, at the very least. We're taking some of those home. And we got, how do you want to do these? man because you got a lot of people to thank i'm just gonna just scroll and i'm gonna say thank you to as many people as i can thank you to all our people who came out waved said hello had some drinks obviously in person today we also have david and eric provolone john mickey j durkin money mar haidar from iceland randy rubart brandon b chris evans jake neverman dave durer Jake Neverman again, Noob, Sam5959, Vic, Jazz, Ramu, Ken, CJ, Broadford, Broaden, Phil W, Jow. What up, Jow? Cannoli. I know what we had our, I know we had our guy Al the two-minute warning in what here. Up, as always. We have hypothetical man. We got RC Burroughs. We got SB Cole. Brianna Torres. We have Gianfranco. What up, Bree? Or Gianfranco. I don't know how to you correct me if I'm wrong on that one. CJ Jones, Prophet One. X-Man, Phil Evans, Brandon B. 
we got a whole lot of people in here. They're, I'm just seeing name after name after name. Just and a lot of like people. My, Vu Evans, Ken B, Biggie Whoa, 545, Dunny 420, my guy Gavin, my guy Will, Clement Redmond, Money Mar, who I think I didn't get to what yet. What up, Mar? Brandon B, Eric Schmidt, Khalif, the Bull RJ. We had Ash on the Super RJ Chats. RJ was on fire. We had Real Time in the Super Chats. Tafka Yams, Matt Corrado, Jake Neverman. Who else did we have on the Super Chats today? We had Jay Flo, Liam Stevens. And I think that's it from we the actually Super had Chats. One, we actually had one come in while you were doing that. Prophet One just wanted to say his opinion. Mori is a moron and brand needs to be gone. Thank so you again, Prophet One. You give us money, we'll read it. Thank you, Prophet For checking you know. in. We appreciate we it. We had a strong audience today. We did. Strong audience as always. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Bree. Thanks to the whole team Thank you, here. Chris. We really appreciate everybody. It was good to Chris be with Rich here. Chris cooking up the social media graphics. Appreciate it, man. Uh, that was fun. The four men. Hey, man, we had five men. Five, five men. We, we feel a good team here today with Bree producing. Real-time ass. Who's Bree? Bree is our producer. She's with us for every show. So we thank you, Bree. We appreciate Bree, it. Bree, always helping I'm us out. I'm confident in our starting five, man. Our starting five is pretty damn good. <laughs> We put up better numbers than the Sixers for the next and six at, weeks. Me at the top of that zone, man. Come on, man. At one, two, two. Amoeba defense. All of you are still here. If you guys could hit that subscribe button and the bell icon on the way out, get notifications each and every time. Vince, we, we go live. Bell, man. Somebody stole our bell the in the studio. Hit the thumbs up button on, on the video. Man. Even if you can't give a thumbs up to the Sixers, <laughs> give a thumbs up to us. Guys, we will catch you tomorrow, tomorrow night when the hospital Sixers play the Atlanta Hawks. Catch you later. I'll be out there. Silly like the mayor.